John Moxley. Let's get some security out here. What do we have here? Oh! Moxley blindsided. Whoa! Oh my God! <laughs> That's Kenta! Yes, it is. Kenta! What, what the hell is he doing here? Kenta! Oh, the go to sleep on Moxley! Kenta's the man with the briefcase! He's the man with the rights to challenge John Moxley for his IWGP US Heavyweight Championship! Dude, bro, this way never told me to expect a guest. But there, welcome to the American Club, my friend. <laughs> Shut the f up. I'm not your friend. I'm here to beat John Moxley. Ah, it's still real to me, damn it! The Top of Wrestling with your host, ODM AD. Professor. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name, Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh, my God. Mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. What kind of game is it? War games. Let a war! War You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Fuck Nia Jax. Fuck you in that storyline. You went with Joey Janela. Yeah. He has that face that I just want to fucking punch. He's the dollar store version of John Mox. The first ever promo wars, we are it's flipping a, a nail file. How many times has the Bucks dropped their pants? You laid there and just let them just shower you with their wrestling matches. Bark like a dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. Good Wednesday. Hey, my man, what it look like? Hey, my man, what it look like? I'm sorry, it was the only line I didn't say from last week for The Last Dragon when we bring you not only wrestling, but good flicks. Welcome back. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia, welcoming you back for another fun episode. Today, we've been on a streak of doing the top 50 of different types of categories. You had ECW wrestlers, you had... uh, Heels uh, last week, top 50 black wrestlers, which we're going to go ahead and already call it out. Man, we had no mission and we completely forgot about him somehow. Just slipped through the, the cracks and that just goes to show how hard it really is to make these lists. Jay Lethal. How the hell did we lose black machismo Jay Lethal? Well, we'll talk about that when uh, ODM makes his way in here. But today we are talking the top 50 women's wrestlers of all time holy shit if i thought i stressed making any of the list before this one may have been the uh the top 20 may have been the toughest for me so far but you know i'm not gonna dive in too much until i have my man odm by my side joe rizzo ladies and gentlemen man professor's driving around in an rv i'm still in a broham what's a broham it's merlot 
What's a Merlot Broham? It's a Cadillac. I am so surprised you don't know this. I am really shocked. I, at first, I thought it was 50-50, but now I'm, I'm truly shocked. Well, you do tee me off a little bit. I mean, let's be honest. If you listen to the show long enough, you know that we, we I get a little teaser and how he wants to be introduced or let go sometimes so we can really make this work. But I, even under this, I don't know. Is there another line you could give me or a clue, a decade? You know, you know, it's like my it's like my dad used to say, uh, when, a green, when the green grass grows on the other side of the fence, somebody's got to cut the lawn. <laughs> you know what my father said? He said, laugh and the world laughs with you. Uh, cry and I'll give you something to cry about, you little bastard. And you know what that did to me? Wow, oh, man. Okay, I'm lost. so what, so I took you to it? I took you to school last week even though like I forgot like multiple names, but that's besides the fact. Um there's a movie called The Great White Hype. I want to tell you the cast, okay? Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, Corbin Burnson, uh Damon Wayans, Cheech Marin, John Lovitz. Um there's a oh, Jeff Goldblum, Jamie Foxx. And a cameo by Method Man and Brian Setzer. Brian Jesus. <laughs> One of those things is not like another. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, as a boxing fan and a fan of comedy, you, you should just buy it and watch it tonight if you haven't seen it. Or if you just haven't seen it in a while. Fantastic. I have not seen it probably since its release. And you remember back in the day when HBO was a big thing every Saturday night, their feature presentation was a new movie every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it one time on that, like in the mid-90s, whenever it came out. And that was it. Because Samuel L. Jackson is playing kind of like a Don King-type character, right? Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Um, which is, that's the, the great white hype, which is, Obviously, a playoff of what the the Great White Hope, which is an old boxing history as it is anyway. That's wow, nice little. Uh, what, what do I want to call? It? That's a gem. That's God, a gem of a movie. You're gonna have yeah, yeah. It's so great. It, it's so fucking hilarious. Did you watch Last Dragon last week like I did? I actually haven't watched this in a while, but I know this movie very well. Let me put it this way: so the Broham is is a Brom. That it, it's a, it's a Cadillac. But, you know, they call yep. it a broham. Like, everybody in the movie. Because that's, like, that's how uh, Samuel Jackson pays the the um, the one boxer. He pays them with Cadillacs. But they all say broham. And at one point, Jeff Goldblum's interviewing him. He's like, a, a brom? So he says it wrong. But the thing is, like, me and my brother, that's one of our favorite movies. So in my phone, under, my like, his contact, it says broham. Nice. I, you know what's funny is that of all the Samuel L. Jackson movies you went with, that's one I, I couldn't distinguish right away. <laughs> well, we did Pulp Fiction already. That's you want me, true. You want me to do Snakes on a Plane next? Well, no. I was actually for some reason thinking Jackie Brown. What do you uh, mean, well, shot her? Yeah, but he's actually in almost every Tarantino movie, so I could have done any of them technically. That's true. That's true. Um, well, that that was uh, quite a, a, a throwback. Like I said, that's what mid nineties. What were you saying? Ninety four, ninety five ish? No, it was probably later than that. No, it definitely was later than that because they make a pulp fiction a pulp fiction reference in there. I'm gonna say ninety eight, ninety nine. Oh, okay. 
shows how much I really like that one. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about some news, man. Before we dive into all the good stuff today, let's see any uh, good stuff that's happened this past week. Yeah, you know, I was actually trying to be like a real-life producer and find out when uh, Great White Hype came out. <laughs> Telling you, 95, 96. I'm going to call 96. Hey, great call, 96. Boom. Wow. All right. Well, anyway, so there is one bit of news that I purposely left out in the hopes that you hadn't seen it. Um, you don't know. I was just thinking about. I hang on. I just went <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking about for that movie. I'm like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson played a Don King type character. Uh-huh. I was like, someone else played a Don King type character. You know who it is? Is in Rocky Five, the Duke. Oh yeah. Only America. <laughs> <laughs> that was a more true to life one. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah, we're not gonna break down. Yeah. No, here. we didn't do Rocky yet. I'm <laughs> sorry. I just had to throw that Give in there. It, it just randomly came to me. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm gonna mix my impressions in with that one. So. All right. So anyway. So like I said, there's there's one bit of news I didn't put on there. I'm hoping you didn't see it because I want you to react naturally. Uh, so we'll see. Did you hear that the uh, 24/7 championship was won by somebody from our truth this weekend? <laughs> oh, I did, and uh, I, I'm not going to lie, I tried as hard as I could to get a good sound clip out of it for us, and it really just doesn't happen, man. It's just, everybody's just going nuts, but former Buffalo Bill quarterback, the founder of Flutie Flakes, <laughs> Doug Flutie, won the 24-7 championship against our truth uh, then later lost it to our truth at what was what like a celebrity versus uh old NFL kind of players game or something like that. Yeah, it was like a flag out. football game at the beach. Yeah. Doug Flutie now forever a champion in <laughs> WWE. I almost feel like that calls for a hit the music, but not fully. Yeah, I know. I was, I was thinking for a second. I'm like, can we work that in there? No, we'll pass. We're going to save it for next season. So. It was very cool because it's, the best part is the ref walks up to our truth and he goes, hey, truth, he goes, hey, what are you doing here? And then, bam, he rolls him up for a quick one, two, three. You hear the ref slamming his hand in the sand. Yeah, great segment. It's probably one of the better things WWE has done in a long time. That's saying a lot right there. Uh, taking a turn from uh, funny to not as funny, um, one of the wrestlers we talked about in last week's uh, episode, Butch Reed, passes away at 66. Uh, he suffered from heart complications. He apparently has had several heart attacks over 2020. Um, so, uh, yeah, our condolences to the family. Lost a legend. Uh, obviously very high up on our list. And um, very big impact to the wrestling world. Very much so. And as soon as I actually heard it, I decided to go back and look at uh, all I really had on hand or some doom matches but at least i had something of that to see and man odd timing of just talking about him last week like you said yep absolutely uh regarding shaquille another athlete former well yeah another former athlete in wrestling shaquille o'neal's aew match has now been moved to march 3rd on for dynamite um the issue with that is (laughs) is that there uh, is an nba game so shaquille o'neal will be busy one i don't know how they didn't figure that out ahead of time Two, uh, it's probably better. I wouldn't want to see this on the pay-per-view, so I'm glad we don't have to. Oh, hang on. I got like three, four, and five. Um, <laughs> why? Wait. How needed is he at an NBA game? Like, okay. It's probably contractual. It's probably contractual. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's fine. I'm taking the wind out of your sails on that one. 
You did, because I was like, well, what if, like, I mean, it's not like what we really need is analysis. Yeah, you need his interpreter there first. (laughs) (laughs) Free throw. (laughs) Cody, bitch. Uh, Yeah, so. (laughs) Look like a woman. (laughs) So I'm going to bounce around a little bit here because I didn't structure this very well. A little update. We were talking about Cesaro and about how his contract was coming up. Uh, Apparently from Meltzer, that is not an issue because he um, is either signed or verbally agreed to a new deal with WWE a few weeks ago. So it looks like he's going to be staying put there. Um, you know, hey, I, you know, in the end, it's his decision. And if that's the decision he made, hopefully it's uh, something he's happy with. And uh, as long as we get to see him. He was a part of the Doug Flutie win. Oh, okay. He, he was standing by Titus during that whole thing. There you, go. you know, I, here's the thing. You know, we talked about it, especially during our watch along last week, about how like he, he had a quick – you know, moment in the Royal Rumble, and he was pretty much just right out of there. And we're like, well, he hadn't signed a contract. And then he did re-sign one. And, you know, it's funny you say Meltzer. Well, fuck Dave Meltzer. You know, (laughs) it's this weird thing that he said that I just read that he reported, you know, he beat Daniel Bryan, what, in like four minutes on SmackDown. Right. And they're like, well, it just, and this is what Dave Meltzer said, even if people feel like he deserves a push, it's not going to happen because it just doesn't make sense. How does a guy who's been on your mid to lower card for so long all of a sudden out of nowhere become a top guy? I don't know. Um, how about who gives a fuck? How about just do it because it will make sense to all of us. It's a guy overcoming the odds. It's just anything like a Jeff Hardy or anybody else who spent years and years and years on the roster and finally got the big break. And he's like, it just doesn't make sense storyline or storyline wise. All right, then you're a fucking idiot, Dave Meltzer. Yep. yep. You can rectify that. You can make that a story. There's a way to do it. And you can do it several ways if you're creative, you know? So, yeah, I'll piss on them. It could be a F the authority type system. It could be um, just as simple as, dude, I'll never lose again. Goes all the way into a championship match. Whatever. I don't care. Dude, we could write it down in five minutes and name out Cesaro's future for the next five years if we really wanted to. And it could be very easy to do. But, Again, when Stephanie and Triple H are putting their kids in charge, that's an issue. Yeah, there you go. It's not a matter of what you can or can't do or what doesn't make sense or what does make sense. It's if you do or do not do it. Exactly. Yep, that's it. All right, so uh, New Japan has a new TV deal, and it benefits us here in the States uh, as well as Canada and the U.K. Uh, They came to an agreement with Roku to bring content to the Roku channel it's going to air every Thursday, 5 p.m., and it's going to start February 11th, and it'll be available on demand soon after. Uh, Library New Japan content will also be available on the channel, as well as historical matches possibly being added at a later date. Um, Meltzer reported that content dropping on February 11th will be centered around Wrestle Kingdom 14. Um, it's going to be followed up by a one-hour show on February 18th covering New Year Dash 2020. Um it's not exclusive. Uh, New Japan's free to pursue, pursue other TV deals uh, if they wish. And, you know, they were in uh, talks with other companies and it just didn't work out. So um, the reason that... That's funny you say that. <laughs> um, I, I, hang on. I, I, that's funny that you... I'm not going to bring in the next piece of news. Oh, okay. I'm actually really excited okay. to talk about it. But it's funny that you say how they're going to focus around Wrestle Kingdom 14, which is not this past one. It was the year before. Mm-hmm. When New Japan first started out on Access TV, yep. 
that's what they did is they went about a full year, two years back, and then just started putting their matches on there one by one. And it was like uh, they would do like, here's two matches tonight because, you know, two matches basically an hour. In <laughs> And especially with commercial breaks and whatnot, but they would put it all right on there, and it got you caught up to the things that you That's it. missed. That's I it. was seeing yep. Okada and Styles, Okada versus Nakamura, Nakamura versus Ibushi, um, Tanahashi and Okada. I was seeing all those matches on Access before I really even started diving into being like, oh, I should probably start getting a Wrestle Kingdom. You know what I mean? Like I was like, right. oh, this is this is cool. I'm starting to see some of these matches and. It got obviously really big, and I think my first one that I actually watched the full pay-per-view was Wrestle Kingdom 10. Yeah, because, well, no, no, I take that back, 9. 9 was the very first one I watched, which was Nakamura and Ibushi and then Okada and Tanahashi. And again, this all starts on access. So for them to do this on the the Roku deal, smart. Now you have your people who are maybe not as familiar with you, or they had to duck away, whatever the case is. You get them caught up right now. Very smart. I like that idea. Just one hour a week is all you need to catch people back up. Oh, hell yeah, and I'm excited about it. And I think you, you touched on it. Uh, the best part is uh, the the strategy, uh, the approach that they're taking, where it's, okay, we're going to go a couple years back, and you're going to get caught up very easily and very efficiently. Right, you're not gonna have to go out of your way and figure out the timeline and everything. They're gonna release it like a TV show almost, and I know a lot of people are gonna cringe when they hear that. It's not what I'm saying, but you know, there's an allegory there. It's gonna, it's 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 no, a very it, efficient way for you to get caught up, so that way when next Wrestle Kingdom comes around, you know, or Dominion or you know any of the other the G1, you're caught up. You can get caught up very and easily. You know the characters, yep. you know the players, everybody. their background. Yep. WWE just wants to go. Is uh, if you're the first per- if it's first time watching them today, that's okay. That's all you need. That's all right. You know, no man, let's get you caught up. Know who you need to cheer for or not cheer for or whatever the case is. Heading into that exact your next big pay per view or whatever it is, I like the idea. And that wasn't even the best news of the week when it came to New Japan. Fuck was it? no. Because I sent you a text. Because listen, I think I think we're pretty respectful, right? Um, we t- you know we it, seldom if, we text each other about exactly exactly. We tend not to do it unless unless we we talk about it beforehand. We're like, yeah, let's just text during this or whatever. Um, but at the end of and we're gonna dip into a little bit of Wednesday Night Wars here after uh, this past week's AEW Dynamite. At the end, I had to text Professor. I just there was no way I was gonna avoid it because I was like, you're either gonna want to know this now or you already saw it. I mean that, that to me that was my approach. So I made an executive decision and I said, bro, the end of Dynamite. And then you replied, uh, let's just get right into it, bro. Uh, at the end of the main event, somebody comes out in a hood and a mask and attacks Moxley. And it's motherfucking Kenta. And he unzips his hoodie and he's wearing his go-to-sleep club shirt from New Japan. And gives him the GTS and puts him down. Holy fucking shit, it's happening. And this comes on the heels of Moxley just being in a match with Omega mm-hmm. and the Good Brothers. Yep. So 
uh, Meltzer reported on uh, you know uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. <laughs> that I know, I know. But listen, I mean, if you know, there's a lot of sources of news that we could use. And, Nick and Matt told me when we were having our tea oh, together. Jesus Christ. Um, they've established a working relationship. Uh, there's going to be further collaboration between New Japan and AEW once COVID pandemic is over and the international travel restrictions have been lifted. Um, he's also quoted as saying, I know people who can't wait to go back to Japan. Put it that way. Um, on top of that, Kenta is going to be making his AEW in-ring debut next week. Uh, or I'm sorry. Tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tonight, yes, this week on Dynamite, he's going to team up with Omega against Moxley and Archer in a Falls Count Anywhere tag team match. Here's the thing. The best part about that, the end of that, was Omega was like, hey, what's up, bro? And Kenta's like, I'm not your bro, bro. <laughs> so they, like, they're really playing off of this. There's one. There's just one thing, and then I'm going to let you run with this. Um I'm going to be a Debbie Downer for a second here. This is all awesome. This is all what we feel. We, <laughs> this is what this is what we've been speculating on for for weeks, for months. Uh, we we've seen the writing on the wall. And once you know, Bullet Club Apparel was showing up on AEW and Impact. It was pretty safe to say there's some kind of mutual agreement in place because there's no lawsuit happening. Um, but maybe, maybe, hold your horses for a second. Don't get too excited. Don't blow your load just yet because maybe this is just their way to get the U.S. title off Moxley and onto somebody who can go back to Japan and have the title in New Japan. Just saying. Just saying. I'm not saying I think that's what it is. I'm just saying keep that in the back of your head. The floor is yours. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. If... It is what we want it to be. This also plays perfectly into Tamatanga's shit talking to Omega Bucks and all of them being like, "You guys are not real Bullet Club." You know what this is? NWO Black and White versus the Wolf. Yep, pack. there you go. It's almost going to be a nice split off. And now you bring over Jay White. Gorillas of Destiny and Kenta, and now you're taking on the Bucks, Good Brothers, Omega, who else knows? Not to mention, Pac is in AEW. Will Ospreay is in New Japan. Holy hell. Kota Ibushi is your world champion in New Japan. Omega. Your world champ. thank you, your world champion in AEW is Omega. Probably soon to be in Impact. We already know he's the AAA heavyweight champion. So, it, it, I mean, think about that. You have New Japan, AEW, Impact, and AAA all together. And WWE has Bad Bunny. Which, speaking of... Ah! Oh, hang on. Just read this a couple minutes ago before we started recording. Penciled in for WrestleMania... Bad Bunny will be teaming with fellow Latin wrestler yeah. because, you know, okay, we're Damian Priest Ugh. to take on the Miz and John Morrison, which makes sense to the Miz trashing the DJ table and all that crap at the Royal Rumble because, like we said, here we go. We have to start building things. So Biggie's not allowed to have a big moment on WrestleMania this year because B Rabbit has to fucking perform or, or has to wrestle. 
One last thing I do want to bring up about this New Japan thing. I bet you Dave Meltzer was the one that did the painting for the oil painting. I bet <laughs> he was the one. You just had to work that in there. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Well, whatever. Right, yeah. There's so I'm... many options when it comes to this crossover, especially, again, once pandemic it starts to lift, hopefully, if ever, but also once we work out some visa issues for everybody on each land, if you will, you know, wherever they're at, you know, it's not like you just free willing go to each place, especially, I mean, as you're looking right now, Penta is not even able to wrestle because he, he's not even uh, legal to be into the U.S. right now with his visa issue. So, so if everybody can get everything all worked out, man, oh, man. I mean, the guys who are even in impact right now, guys who went over there. Remember, isn't EC3 there? Uh, yeah. Eric Young, Heath Slater. I'm not saying that they're all going to have uh, main star matches, but why can't they mingle with the uh, mid-card of AEW? Yeah, that's that's where you can get away with it. Uh, it it's hard because ultimately somebody's going to look bad, and it's likely going to be Impact uh, just by virtue of who wins. But with some some mid card wins, you can certainly work around that. So it it doesn't need to be. I mean, let's uh, ultimately you're going to know uh, who the big players are, so you know who you expect to win. You, you know, you fucking put throw swerve in there every once in a while. Um, the possibilities are endless. I, again, I right now, right now, I think we're we're still on track to at least look towards teasing uh, a Kenny the Collector story where he's going after all the titles. Uh, I don't think him picking up the impact. World title is a bad idea. I, I think they should go that route. I don't think he should take uh, the new the IWGP title. Um, but still, the match with Abushi should happen. You have natural storyline there. Um, yeah, man. Listen. Oh my the, God! I just thought of something else. It's just you know me just throwing just spitballing. Wind. Yeah. He comes into New Japan, wants a title shot against Ibushi. And even though it's against his old friend, the person you very least expect to come to Ibushi's aid, Okada. And Okada says, if you want to face him, you have to beat me. Ah. Another Okada Omega match, you know what I mean? Or he even goes for the AEW world title. There's so many options when it comes to all of this that... Um, it's like a video game. I just want to play every match right now. I want to see everything come <laughs> right? together as quick as possible. And, and here's the thing. Well, well, keep that in the back of your head because that's another great thing. Think of an official video game that has all those characters in it. That would be fantastic. Um, but again, going back to something I had said on the podcast, and I don't remember how long ago it was, but just imagine, just imagine the end of an episode of Dynamite where out of the back comes fucking Kazuchika Okada. Just imagine that. With Omega in the middle of the ring, the look on Omega's face—if he can sell it—you um, know we've seen that look in, in storylines before when people show back up. Triple H when Cena came back, like that was a that was a good one. Um, that there is just—I mean—and the pop's going to be crazy, crowd or not. I mean, we're all going to go ape shit when that happens, if that happens. Obviously, with travel restrictions right now, it's going to be very difficult. But um, yeah, man. 
the the the, the doors are open. When it happened, I, I freaked the fuck out. I'm like, wow. Like he's he, there's no way he can be there as just a one off, right? Like this has to be happening mm-hmm. now. Yeah, well, especially two weeks in a row. Especially when which he makes all the sense for that tweet, man. Yeah, especially when he unzips his hoodie to show his fucking shirt. Like, dude, that's his. That you know, everybody in the Bullet Club has their shirt. Like, oh, that was fucking great. See, man, you were like, you know, can you imagine Okada showing up at a dynamite? <laughs> It'd be one of those moments, kind of like when. Nah, I wouldn't even say like when Sting came into WWE. When Jericho. I, don't know. I can't Jericho. figure out what moment. Uh, but It'd be nah, bigger than I that. Knew Jericho was coming in. We all figured it out ahead of time. Uh, I'm talking like the point where like my feet are bouncing up and down. Moxley. Moxley. Rollins cash in. Okay. Rollins cash in was probably one of the last times you got me off my seat and I was like, fuck yeah. Moxley, Moxley showing up in AEW. That was that was um, huge. That was huge. Come on. It was good. It was good, but not like off my feet. I think Okada just yeah. showing up anywhere in, in exactly. America. Well, he hasn't. I mean, he did some stuff with Ring of Honor back in when they did War of the Worlds in mm. uh, Global Wars. But so it's not uh, out of the question. I'm excited. Absolutely. And hey, let's give some credit to NXT too because they got a little bit of something going too here, and we we got a lot to talk about with this one too. Um, well, that being the case, let's just dive right in, man. It's time for Wednesday Night Wars! Did you notice I actually came in way more excited today? (laughs) Me too! (laughs) NXT brought in some uh, heavy artillery. When it comes to a big name being on their show, this was technically a part of news, but we're just going to talk about it right off the bat. After he wins the Royal Rumble, and then after, while we're recording, he wins against Randy Orton on Raw, now he shows up at NXT during a Baylor-Dunn confrontation. And kind of hints towards it could be that title he goes for at WrestleMania. Now, you and I are going are gonna to discuss that in just a moment. But also, he is then confronted by Karrion Cross backstage. Then Edge makes his way over. I keep saying makes his way. I'm pretty sure it's all done <laughs> in the same exact arena. Um, goes to SmackDown and faces off in a promo. With Roman Reigns. And uh, you're going to appreciate all that. Um, let's start with the obvious. We're moving past Edge. because, Or I'm sorry, we're moving past Orton. Especially if you did a match the next night on Raw. I feel like you were just like, we really are. We're done with this. So it really is. Is it Drew? Is it Roman? Or is it the NXT champion? Because let me say this to you. Last year, the women of NXT got the rub when it came to the NXT title. Maybe this year the men's actually gets on the main card. So Thoughts? Yep. So uh, there's definitely been some reports that the uh, men's NXT championship is in the cards to be defended at WrestleMania this year. 
Uh, I can't say that's too much of a surprise. It really should be. It's a good way to get exposure to NXT from the, the main roster fans. But there's a lot of potential. Um, the NXT TakeOver. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to have to make it a 10-way match because there's so many guys. Well, yeah. Like, and, and Adam Cole, Baylor, Pete. Well, <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where I'm going. So uh, February 14th TakeOver is going to be uh, Vengeance. Uh, the old uh, pay-per-view names getting revived for this one. And... Um, so that is going to pit Dunn and Balor. So what happens? Um, there could be a screwy finish where Dunn is entitled to a rematch. The title could swap hands. Balor could keep it. And you also have to factor in Carry and Cross. So there is a road from, what, February 14th up until WrestleMania where you can put the story together that you have these four players. And who knows, if Balor loses the title, that shakes things up even more. And Edge could even... I just thought of what happens. Okay. Just as you were talking. And look, man, I listened to our show last week. I know I interrupt you. So, anyway. <laughs> look it. All right. We're going to give our predictions because Vengeance is this coming weekend. I All right. Before we even talk about the rest of the card, main event. Picture this. Baylor done. They hit a good 40-minute match. 30, 40-minute match. And then... It's Volta! He is your quote-unquote longest-reigning champion, UK champion, all this stuff. But nothing's really been defended since the pandemic. They've been making a big thing about Imperium making their way back into regular NXT. What if Walter shows up, makes this a double DQ, we head into WrestleMania weekend, all three titles, or all, all, all three guys, both titles, UK and the regular NXT, we finally unify it and have one NXT champion. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. Go fuck <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I just, I don't, uh, that, that's super wishful thing. I know you're, you, you got a really uh, soft spot in your heart for unifying that title. I can't say as I blame you, but uh, you got to look at it. I almost like it because it's a regional title. You know, the NXT UK championship doesn't hold the same cloud that the NXT championship does. So uh, I'm actually okay with that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, listen, uh, Cross has got to get in there. Maybe they're just using Edge to fuel the fire. Maybe they'll use Edge to put over carrying Cross, and then you get Cross done and and uh, Balor. Um, but where you go from That's there? That's something you and I brought up. Uh, we brought up on the phone the other day that was off the air. Was what if Carrion Cross takes on Edge? If not at this Vengeance pay per view, if they don't announce it tonight. What if maybe at Fastlane he faces him? Like, it's a way to give Cross a big rub. Absolutely. Maybe he doesn't even stay in NXT. He just goes right up to the main roster. Yeah, my thing is, yeah. Basically, I've been beating around the bush to, to basically say that Edge, eventually, from now to WrestleMania, is going to put one or more people over in a match in NXT. You think he's gonna go out on his back, or not go out, but like he's gonna he's gonna get pinned by someone? I think so. Submitted, something's got to happen, even if it's cheap. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you don't really want to go that route just because then you're gonna extend it. Uh, ultimately, I think he, you know, he, yeah, I think he's there to put somebody over. Maybe he's just there for the ratings. Who knows? Because they, because they, or I'm sorry, NXT got their asses beat 
last week. Uh, you know, so uh, we'll see. I it certainly seems like it's lining up that way. So speaking of Edge, he shows up on SmackDown and faces off with Roman Reigns, and Edge goes, "Notice I'm alone," and. He goes, don't worry, man. Paul's not going to fight you unless I tell him to. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Uso goes to the back. Heyman gets out of the ring. And I started laughing out loud watching it because I just stand there and Roman's just talking all this shit being like, you know who I am, blah, blah. And he goes, Say my name. I go, who the fuck are you, Heisenberg? <laughs> like, you're goddamn right. <laughs> he goes, say my name. Come on, say my name. I go, okay, that's getting weird. Anyway, um, but then Kevin Owens comes in. He's not leaving this picture for some weird reason and stuns Roman Reigns. Uh, how long until Hedge actually pulls the trigger and saying who he's going to face? Does he wait till after vengeance? Uh, he definitely waits till after vengeance because he alluded to that, basically saying, uh, you know, I'll see who, you know, depending, you know, he didn't say depending, he, you know, but he's definitely inferring that he's going to, he wants to see what happens. So, yeah, I think it's going to be until then. I'm excited about it. Um, just the fact that he showed up on NXT is huge. Um you know, and it's funny because we're talking about Vengeance being this coming weekend. Next week is our final episode of the season. We're actually not going to be around to talk about AEW Revolution when it kind of happens, but we will. Just you guys won't get to hear it. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, also for this weekend, for Vengeance, we do have the North American title, Gargano versus Kushida. I think Kushida maybe goes over this week. Yeah, it's hard because I... They're just not giving me a reason really to care about him. Uh, but I could see it. I think it'd be the right thing to do. Uh, Gargano at this point is just meh. Right. So I think your women's Dusty Classic finals are the ones that are already in the finals, the ones that we know, uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I, I think they've been established as a very big duo already. Um, and it's that Diesel Shawn Michaels type thing. I think they ac actually end up winning this thing altogether. Um, not really sure on your thoughts on that one. Agreed. Okay. Now, uh, again, tonight we're going to find out with how things go for Wednesday night. But you have Champa and Thatcher or the Grizzle Young Vets. So, Champa, Thatcher. Versus MSK or Legato del Fantasma. And again, I think we just called it last week. It's going to be Champa and Thatcher versus MSK this weekend. Who wins? I'd be okay with MSK going over and Champa and Thatcher getting pissed with each other and going another round at being, you know, like continuing their feud. Yeah, that, that's basically the approach that I'm taking. Um, you know, MSK is the, the new shiny toy in NXT. So, you know. You have an opportunity to just put them over right away, so it makes sense. And and having if that's the, I was gonna say that's something they never do. Like someone doesn't <laughs> right. come in and just goes right to the moon. Well, right well, so undisputed it, era, not in your tag division. Okay, not necessarily in your tag division. Would you say undisputed era? Yeah, they went up pretty quick. 
Okay, all right, them. All right, all right. Oh, by the way, we may be talking over a little bit each, over each other. We're not able to fa- uh, FaceTime. Today. We're going to try it again at halftime. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, but the other match, uh, the final match I want to talk about is Io Shirai versus Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. I'm going to say I actually think Shirai is probably going to – end up retaining in this one too agreed i don't think that martinez or storm have enough momentum behind them at this point uh you know obviously you and i are really excited that tony stormer's back we, we you know we know the potential she has uh she certainly could carry that title uh, i just don't know if it makes sense to put it on her yet and mercedes martinez they're booking her like a badass but i mean it's it's the opposite of of the way it's typically done. Like she really hasn't beaten anybody. She's really just running in, running interference on somebody. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I, see sure I, I do it. want you to run down the list of what happened this past Wednesday. However, speaking of Mercedes Martinez, retribution. <laughs> I had a screenshot this last week. This was a tweet on February 3rd. T-nuts. T-bag. I hope the New Day orders takeout for dinner. Then when they get home, they realize that the order is completely wrong. So they call to fix it, but the store has just closed, which ultimately forces them to eat someone else's meal. Plus, it's cold. Hashtag retribution. What? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's that's real. And then he even writes, if I'm teabag, then you're coffee and we are bitter rivals. Oh, my God. So WWE writing team has taken over his Twitter account. Or he's flailing. Mm. Or he's flailing. The takeout order fucking, I was like, what the fuck? I go, end of the day, having a stroke? that's a really funny thing. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of is kind of like, I'm going to take your your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice steak dinner. You go on this long thing, and then never, never call, her call her back. back. Dorothy Mantooth is a state. But you're going on this long thing, and, like, and then the meal is someone else's. And it's cold. Hashtag retribution. All right, put your phone down. Yeah, you're not Michael Scott, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, that has absolutely nothing to do with uh, this whole retribution thing. Has absolutely nothing to do with NXT. At least I hope so. What happened with NXT this past week? All right. So we had uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeated Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Uh, that brings them to the championship against. We're yet to find out. Uh, Austin Theory defeated Leon Ruff. Lelgato Del Fantasma defeated Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. Uh, we had the Edge and Finn Balor and Pete Dunne promo. That was awesome, obviously. Uh, Tony Storm defeated Jessica Maya by disqualification. Uh, Martinez and Shirai uh, came in, and it was a big schmoz. Uh, that's setting up the match for Vengeance. Santos Escobar defeated Kurt Stallion for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And Ch- I like Kurt Stallion, by the way. What's that? Kurt, like Stallion. Kurt Stallion. Yeah. 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 We'll see what happens. Uh, Ch- I just think he's just a good up and comer. And I'm not saying he's going to be anything major. Right. 
anytime soon. I'm just saying I like him. It's just something, you know, just throwing it out He's there. He's a Brian Pillman Jr. Is that what you're getting at? Okay. Sure. Well, they already have one of That's those. That's not a bad. <laughs> All right, uh, Champa and Thatcher defeated Undisputed Era. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think it's pretty uh, clear, but we'll see if we're surprised. So, uh, And that was NXT. So, uh, again, not a ton to care about, but uh, the Balor done and carrying across stuff, obviously great. Uh, and even the women's title picture, I got to say, has uh, some, some promise to it. So uh, hopefully uh, they do some good stuff with that. AEW. Can I say um, this with all niceness about AEW but you're going to power through it without minus the main event this was and I'm I'm sorry for those of you who believe in it or don't believe in it this whole show I thought was a fucking abortion which one's that NXT or AEW AEW okay well I'm pretty interested I, I I can't say that it uh, was great, but uh, there was some... Okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's go segment by segment. Let's go segment by segment. Jericho put down DDP Yoga. He said, I'm done with it for some reason. Oh, I didn't see that. I don't remember that part. No, 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 no. He didn't say it. I'm just looking at him and I'm just assuming. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've seen that for a while. We know he's a uh, no. Yeah, there's no bueno. I all right. I I like that they won the tag team battle royal, but eh, it, it was just too long for me. But it was all right. Oh, okay. That was anticlimactic. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, what'd you expect? I mean, you kind of figured it was going to be that way. They're planting that seed. At a I'm cent- saying most of this show was crap. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm not trying to defend that, that, it. I'm just, I'm really interested to hear like what you're so, going to be so vehemently against and where you're just going to be like indifferent. You know what I mean? So, okay. All right. Let's all right. go segment by segment. Right. As you said, so there you go. sir, 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 how much pretty women? No. Crickets, wow. Pretty woman. All right. No. Oh, God. Blues. I've seen pretty woman. Blues Brothers, bro. Oh, I thought you said pretty woman. No. Wow. Like this really sucks without the video. You know that? Um. I know. <laughs> Holy shit. Not only can't we see each other, we're talking about two totally different fucking movies. There you go. It's like we're in different <laughs> states or something. Um, they had a little bit of a promo uh, video package. It was uh, Jade Cargill in the gym. Listen. She's going to probably be a train wreck in the ring, and her promos aren't that great. But that montage was actually really impressive. It was like, holy shit. She does look like a badass. So, um, Yeah, they made Daniel LaRusso look like a badass in Karate Kid with a montage. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they did not make him look <laughs> badass at all. No, they did not. <laughs> it was, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Um, Darby Allen and Sting were in ring. Team Taz were locked out of the building uh, because they assaulted the merch table last week. Um, Meh. Yeah. The what I really liked about this segment was Ricky Starks talking to Sting and being like, "Oh, the icon. I, you know, when I saw you, you didn't look like the icon anymore." And Sting's response was like, "Maybe you need to look a little bit closer." Cheesy, but I thought it worked. I really liked it. Um, Interested to see where that goes. He should have been when like, yeah, I'm rubber, you're glue. 
No, they shouldn't have. It was equal. That's no. what I'm saying. It was equally as bad. Okay. I, I don't know where you're going with that one. You lost me. I'm saying I'm no, skeptical. But I'm saying no. It wasn't good. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Britt Baker defeated. I thought you said you were all right, Spider. <laughs> I am all right. You ain't. Um, Brit- <laughs> <laughs> you fucking prick, you. <laughs> What's the one he did, Shane? Uh, Br- <laughs> <laughs> Dance. <laughs> I love it. You shot him. It's a good shot. <laughs> good shot. Uh, Britt Baker defeated Thunder Rosa. That's the uh, most see, unapologetic shooting of all time. <laughs> all right. Britt Baker defeated Thunder Rosa. It was a solid match except for, you know, and here's the thing. The way that they worked the ending I thought was good. It, it put over Britt as a heel, and it didn't make Thunder look bad. Um, but it, but, I agree because once I saw the match get going, I go, shit, how is – both going to stay strong or how are both going to stay strong because they both need to right now and i thought that was the ending was good right the problem was thunder rosa complete she like come so completely whiffed on the exposed turnbuckle it wasn't even close mm-hmm. um that's the problem with having a camera view that close to the corner you should have two and go live with the one that's from a distance so you can't see it if it's if it's that off um she completely whiffed, and it took me out of it. But other than that, I like the way they booked the match, uh, and it was a solid match. So I don't want to dis- uh, interrupt you, so no, remind me, at the end of your AEW segment, I do want to bring up what you just said about Thunder Rosa. About the missed turnbuckle, the botch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Floor is yours. Oh, bring it up now. Okay, I meant like I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, okay. Well, then let's go through it because there's really not too much to talk about here. Uh, well, no, I get to say mine right now. Okay. You just said, uh, all right, the Thunder Rosa, you said the camera's too close. If I were to take over a company, mm-hmm. there's two things I would mm-hmm. do. Change your camera stuff so it's not, you know, the WWE fast, you know, back forth, back I forth. I hate that stuff. Shit, yeah. Also, stop zooming in so much because sometimes it's better to leave room for imagination in your mind Boom. and especially take the mics off of the ring. Yes, I get it. The slaps and all that sound good, but guess what else I hear? Move, move. I need you to do this. No, no, no. Hang on. Catch me. I hear talking way too fucking much because you have the mic, the mics so much on the ring. Got to go back to old school. When you watch old school raw nitro or any of the old school pay-per-views, you, those guys are calling cues in the ring and you barely hear a sound. Why? Because you were letting the crowd just be your your thing, and, the, and then the commentary. They mic up way too much. It's too much produced, is what I'm trying to say when it comes to wrestling. Absolutely, nailed it. Sorry, no, nah, it's good. That's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, Adam Page and Matt Hardy defeated Chaos Project. There's no big surprise there. Matt Hardy stole the pin again after Page hit the buckshot lariat. So I don't know. Yeah, Page is still in purgatory. Um, here's a segment that I did like. The inner circle was backstage. MJF and Jericho bought a, brought a bunch of bubbly and Guevara was pissed off. He stormed off and Jericho went after him. And after that, MJF had Wardlow get the camera guy out of the room. So MJF could, rem- uh, address the remaining members of inner circle there. So we see the seeds of dissent. We knew it was coming. Um, they're obviously pushing forward with it. We'll see what happens. Um, Yeah. I like the way they did it, though. 
Yeah, it was it was okay. Um, I do <laughs> the one person I like that they're coming out of this is Sammy is going to be the the face. I like this. Yep, absolutely. Um, next was the wedding of Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. Uh, after that was after that Lance Archer defeated Eddie King. This is with a crowning of the abortion. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. So I'm not. Oh, you don't. No, if you want to, you can. I, I don't. Nope. We're, well, we're, talk we're, we're talking. We, our show is top of wrestling. Oh. Well, let's talk that. All right, it was Miro and Rusev. So, Musef was wearing. I think he was wearing the same exact uh, vest that he wore during like the same wedding segment in WWE <laughs> that he referenced. Again, you put that he referenced on AEW. Right, and then he starts attacking empty boxes mm-hmm. and. All this, it was just really the whole thing was just dumb. I didn't care for nope. it, and I'm like, you're making him look like the worst comedian. You can't tell me that you're having a good time over there in AEW. No way you can tell me. I mean, you were even on TV more in WWE and pushed, I think, a little bit better than you are right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you've been facing best friends and Orange Cast the whole time. The whole time, exactly. Yep. Okay. Just yeah, that's that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing I will say is tonight is Joey Janela is trying to. He's gonna uh, challenge for the TNT title against Darby Allen. Yay, Joey Janela, not Jungle Boy, not Scorpio, Scorpio Sky, not Matt Sydal. Nope, 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 nope. The dollar store version of John Mox. There you go. All right, what was the rest of AEW? All like? right, Lance Archer defeated Eddie Kingston in a lumber crap. Sorry. Okay. Archer defeated Kingston in a lumberjack match. Uh, FTR and Tully apparently abducted Marco Stunt and had him handcuffed with a taped mouth and a chair. Um, I hope they leave him there. It forever. was so do I. I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty badass. Uh, the only thing that I didn't like was Marco Stunt trying to act like a tough guy. Okay, bro. Yeah, you're the, you're a tough guy. You shouldn't be a tough. You wouldn't be a tough guy with Tully, let alone FTR. So, but okay. Um, and then we had the main event. It was Omega and the Good Brothers, Brothers versus Moxley, Pac, and Phoenix. Um, the end of the match, man, there was just a flurry of spots. I mean, so hey, listen, you can sit here and say, "Oh, it's not real wrestling, whatever." Uh, it was a spot fest, and I loved every minute of it. I really did. You would, yeah, man, go fuck yourself. I care. Um, but then obviously Kenta showed up and just uh, it went from there. Uh, Kenta giving Omega the brush off was fantastic. Just adds to the story. So why don't you shit all over it? Uh, more or yeah, sure. I I just thought of the perfect idea. At AEW Revolution. Marco Stunt versus Joey Janela in a match where. You put that shit on your fist like you did in Kickboxer, like the Broken Glass and stuff, or Bloodsport, whatever one it mm-hmm. was. Just last man standing. And I don't mean like a referee count to 10. I mean when one guy physically never gets back up again, they'll uh, they'll be allowed to say in AEW. The other one can just be buried. Uh, you want a death match is yeah. what you want, a literal death match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Sure. You could just have one of them wrestle. I was you could to have sound one of them a little more aesthetically pleasing. You could have one of them wrestle Phoenix, and they'd probably both die. <laughs> eh, two for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> that 
That's some good Cold shit. Cold bloody. Uh, Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwig. Wing. Huh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, this is Nightwing, and there's not been a lot of good shit this week in wrestling, at least not a lot to talk about. I'm going to run through this, and that's why I'm kind of talking really, really fast right now, because I decided I was going to make me a top 15 list. Before I get into that, I want to thank Byron. He's of the FTW Prediction League on Facebook group. He has done so much to promote this podcast, and I just want to thank him. And uh, since he lives actually very close to me, when this COVID stuff starts clearing up, you got a beer on me, buddy. Now... My honorable mentions. Let's go right into it. Dina Perrazzo's Double Arm Bar, The Dragon Sleeper, The Full Nelson, and The Kimura Lock. Those are all my honorable mentions. You can go ahead and debate where you want to go them and why they didn't make the list. But guess what? Number 15, The Mandible Claw. Any variation of it from any wrestler. Everybody knows McFoley's, but let's go from there. The Cross Jacket Choke, made famous by Karrion Cross. He didn't invent it. All straight single arm bar variations. Next, the Texas Cloverleaf. 11, the Knee Bar and Heel Hook. Number 10, Catamulation. Number 9, Calf Crusher. 8, Sharpshooter. 7, the Camel Crutch. 6, the Triangle Choke. 5, the Cross Face Chicken Wing. For y'all young books, bucks, <laughs> that's Bob Backlund's best move. Number 4, the Figure 4 or the Figure 8. Number 3, the Muda Lock. Number two, the Crippler Crossface. And finally, at number one, the Ankle Lock. Everybody, have a great week and enjoy Black History Month. Damn, these things are fast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... This week's top topic. You know something mean, Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> the Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Gift stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you smell. Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order. Based off, the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic.
Maybe it's not the absolute best way to come in about the top 50 women's wrestlers or female wrestlers of all time, but kind of fitting. I, I know that last week during our watch-along, we did quite a couple of uh, So I Married an Axe murderer references, so I thought this would be just a little fitting to go along with today. A little spoken uh, poetry. All right, we'll go with that. I liked it. I liked it. We're so, we're well, so progressive. We are here. I know, man. Hey, hey, little little sidetrack here, uh, so we don't get sued. The big game. Did you see the Paramount Plus commercial, where the the one character is like, "Uh, "Be careful, there's a giant crack." (laughs) She said, "Giant crack." Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. All right. Yeah, I know. You can't say. I think it's so stupid. You can't say that. Yeah, I know. It's the dumbest thing ever. And just during a certain Watched time period. Side of the RV last night. Uh, oh yeah, I know. I already saw the video. Pretty boss. Badass. Well, the other it's BA. The listeners did. Um. Oh, hey man, I forgot to say, fuck Tom Brady. All right, hey. So mm. here we are. We're talking about the top fifty women's wrestlers of all time. So you know, towards the end of this list, Santina Morella is probably going to be in the top three. We'll find out. Just kidding. Wow. No, honestly, I was there when Santina had her very first match and won the Divas Battle Royal. I think that's you know what? Was what they let were me, talking about with women at that point in wrestling. Let me stop you there. I'm going to leave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Number 50, Nicole Bass. No, I'm just kidding. All right. No, this is... This is a real list, because honestly, you know, in the last, what, we'll say five, six years, women's wrestling has been at its toppest, toppest, is that a word? Strongest game in the United States. And I don't want to say ever, because as this list is going to show, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, it was still dominated by, uh, whether in the territory days or uh, really in the... All Japan uh, pro wrestling women's division, uh, as well as Shimmer and all those different promotions. We're going to talk a lot about that today. We have our top 50. 
um, there is a couple of uh, honorable mentions that are on this list. Yeah, I noticed that. Uh, so uh, I'm. Uh, <laughs> can I can I say why there's so many can, of them can, there? Can I finish? Can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? All right. Honorable mentions. The reason there's so many of them on here is because they were a part of my list. You know, my, when I'm trying to whittle them down into the 50, a lot of these people came into play. And when you're looking at it, you're like, man, but without this person, uh, without some of these honorable mentions, there wouldn't be a lot of these top 50. And I was almost just going to blow through them really fast, like is in like 10 seconds or less, so it would be about the amount of one person. But what what are your thoughts? Uh, so for the honorable mentions, I'm looking through the list. There's, there's three that I would pick out. Uh, Emma, Tori Wilson, and Sable. Those are the three HMs I'd pick. That you would absolutely pick. See, Out of the list that you now, have there, yeah. One of them, we said we say now, fuck them in the intro, so I don't think they should be in the list. That's true. That's true. Um, but I got to be honest, man. Beautiful people and lay cool. I think both teams, although very much the same, were big. Uh, what's the word I'm going to look for? They, they were big parts of a lot of the careers on these top 50 women. You know, in, in TNA, beautiful people ran through everyone in there, or at least, you know, put them all down, and then same with Lake Cole. But not all of them have to be really talked about. So today, we are basically talking Sable, Tori Wilson, and who'd you Emma. say? Emma. See, Alicia Fox was kind of in there. Alicia Fox. I like her. All right. Here we go, man. We're going to talk about the top 50. And I I mentioned at the beginning, man, this was a very tough list to actually put together because here's the deal, man. Like, from 96... Yeah, we'll say 96, 97, because 96 is when, like, in WWE, Sunny started to get really sexy, right? And she was pushing the boundaries with some of those big intros of her in a tub, um, playing Chris Isaac's Wicked Game in the background, <laughs> which was always fun. You hear the... <laughs> but then, you know, we already talked about with ECW, you got Kimono Wanalea is dancing naked in ECW and then you know Can we can we stop for a second? You're going down a really weird road. We're talking the top fifty women's wrestlers and you're talking about No 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 hang on wait I'm talking You're talking the progression. You're talking the progression. I'm talking about the unfortunate progression from about ninety six till about two thousand and ah probably well two thousand maybe two three is when you, I don't even know when they stopped those fucking lingerie matches, man. Maybe 2004 or five. That it was just a dark period. That's what I was kind of going. Yeah, gotcha. it was a really dark period for for women's wrestling. Outside of those years, though, is a lot of really awesome stuff. So that's why when I say when it came to ranking this stuff, it was really tough because you're you're comparing your women of the 70s and stuff like that against the women of 2020 
and it's two totally different animals. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just it was a, it was a tough ranking. So, but I I'm gonna give you the same exact speech that ODM gave last week. If you don't like my list, kiss my ass. <laughs> I listened to that back and I laughed. I go, eh, I like that. If you don't like <laughs> it, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> was that your uh, Peter Griffin? Oh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Nice. All right, man. From here on out, it's all positive. I promise. I was only talking about that shit area. Uh, era that's my apologies. You know, chicken nuggets. Term yeah, chicken nuggets just made me focus on the one part. Like, that motherfucker's sexist. Same. He's a misogynist. But <laughs> I got to hang up on it. I can't be associated with this motherfucker. <laughs> but, you know... The other thing I hated, divas. Yeah. The name divas. You know what I mean? Like, you had women's champions, and then you had divas. And then they finally brought the name women's back, which is funny because in NXT, they had the women's championship while they were still having the divas championship. So it's like, look, you're a woman here in NXT, but when you go up there, you're just a diva. I hated that, by the way, but I'm sure most of us did. Especially that butterfly belt. Ugh. All right, all positive. All here positive. On Number fifty. Well, Jesus Christ, I'm an asshole. All right, number fifty is Hanakamura. Okay, just about a year ago, uh, maybe a little uh, under a year ago, uh, she unfortunately committed suicide. There was a lot of cyberbullying, um, and I think we did we touch base. About we it did. On the show yeah, yeah, we talked about it. Okay, I didn't know if we were recording at that time. I remember I was in Fresno, and I couldn't remember 100%. Um, but she was just making her rise and was a phenomenal wrestler that everybody was talking about um, in all different promotions because to the point when she did pass, you were seeing a lot of people from all different promotions. I mean, your Samoa Joes and Shinsuke's to Cesaro's to Seth Rollins, Kenny Omega, um, the Bucks, everybody's had the chance to actually work with her, be around her. Uh, great ring talent. She was in World Wonder Ring Stardom. Um, she was just awesome, awesome wrestler, high flyer. You have not had the chance. And I did the moment that she passed. I wasn't really familiar with her. Um, but come to find out, she really is that regarded as, as one of the better wrestlers of this era. Unfortunately, uh, ended too soon. Uh, coming in at number 49, we have a woman from the 80s. We have Chigusa Nagayo. Um, she was alongside her tag team partner. She was a great, she was kind of the anvil to the Bret Hart um, with Lioness Asuka. They were the crush gals. Um, and they dominated Japanese wrestling, um, especially when it came to tag team, uh, the tag team division in Japan. Number 48, unfortunately, a lot of people were introduced to her. I was introduced to her in a very shit era, like we were talking about with Attitude Era. But then when you come to find out, she was the shit, man. Mae Young. It's a classic named after her because she was a wrestler. She could wrestle against guys, collegiate style. Um, And she dominated wrestling. She debuted in 1939 and won multiple women's titles throughout uh, the NWA. Another person, if you haven't had the chance to go see, and the only thing you ever knew was really the uh, the Attitude Era bullshit, get that out of your mind. Go look at some of her older stuff if you can. She phenomenal wrestler and a gorgeous woman in her time, too, which is 
kind of unheard of in that era for a woman to even be doing anything like this anyway. Uh, so really pushing the boundaries. Number 47, someone we just talked about a little bit last week um, in Naomi. Now, Naomi, again, started as a Funkadactyl, right? She was a former dancer turns pro wrestler. And I I will say I actually just recently saw an interview with, her name was Ariane. That was the other Funkadactyl. Um, wrestling wasn't necessarily for her. She was a part of the Tough Enough and things like that. But, you know, when I first saw Naomi tagging with her, I was like, eh, this is kind of like another set of the Bella Twins. It's not going to last too long like a lot of the women. And here we are in 2021, and Naomi still is a top, I would say a top draw when it comes to women, when it comes to merchandise. Because, I mean, you see, well, when it comes to when we did have fans, Kids love having her stuff on, man. Feel the glow. You got the glow sticks. We got the glow. <laughs> Look at that. Ooh. Uh, wife of God. One of the Usos. And Uso. I, I never get it right. <laughs> Is Jay's the one in the storyline right now? I know that. Um, but Naomi surprised the living shit out of me. And I think she did you too. You know, we talked about her. Like She's very athletic. She is someone that kind of brought all uh, a completely different type of athleticism to wrestling. You know, with uh, I mean, yeah, you, you step out of your normal arm drags, right? She's the girl that's doing splits in the middle of the ring, but making moves out of them. She made women's wrestling watchable before all those women came up from NXT. That's an honest God thing. When I was watching in like 2013, I'm like, Naomi's the only thing that's really worth watching right now. Um, coming in at number 46, you want to talk about someone that dominated TNA, Madison Rain. I talked about the beautiful people earlier, and that's one of the main reasons I brought them up is they're brought up here. She was the protege of Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. And, you know, they made her, you know, Basically, it was lay cool. They were both the same thing, where they just mocked everybody, made everybody feel like they were the most beautiful people, the prettiest looking people, and everybody else looked like shit. Mean girls. Um, mean girls, exactly. We wear pink on Wednesdays on Impact. Um, but Madison Rain ended up exceeding both of them because she could actually wrestle. <laughs> she was a really... Really good wrestler, um, multi-time singles and tag team tag uh, tag team champion in TNA. Married to Josh Matthews, that one I found interesting. So go Josh, and just actually retired three weeks ago at the TNA or Impact uh, show, the one that Omega was on, the Hard to Kill show. She finally retired. I uh, think about a good fifteen-year career altogether. Good for her. Number forty-five. Serena Deeb, I felt so bad for her because, all right, if if people don't know the story behind her, it was the earthquake situation, right, where yep. pulled from the crowd and she was saved by the straight edge society and gets her head shaved on SmackDown. So awesome. And she is there bald-headed right next to him 
Um, and he has the full beard, long hair, looks like Jesus, and all these people are his followers. I loved the entire angle. Well, unfortunately, to be in that angle, WWE really wanted them to play as kayfabe as possible for some weird reason. And she was seen drinking at a bar. They gave her a slap on the wrist, and she she was seen drinking at a bar again. They fired her because she wasn't staying in character, apparently, outside of WWE. Which is funny, because now if the Usos get a DWI, they're like, <laughs> Mr. Uso That's does so... whatever he wants to on his own time. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Um. So either way... I felt bad for her, and I was like, man, we're never going to see her again. She did a lot of work on the indies throughout you know, time. It's not like she just kind of went away, but now she's really getting back out there with NWA um, as well as appearing on AEW a couple of times already as well. Um, I, I think she's an awesome wrestler. I, I think that she can be used to so many more extents than she's already been used to, but... The more I get of her, the better. And speaking of someone that we actually saw her wrestle, and we've talked about multiple times on this show, including just a little bit while ago, uh, we're talking about Thunder Rosa. Um, Indies to NWA. She's been all over the place. um, And she's already been making a giant mark, as we've seen. Extremely fluent in the ring. One thing I'm going to say is the word fluent, is one thing I want to use, especially when it comes to a lot of our top 10, but number one, most definitely. When you talk fluent in the ring, I'm talking, oh God, this is going to sound shitty, but I, it's an obvious, okay? When you watch a men's match, it's just move after move or however the things go. Sometimes in a women's match, you see them as they go to run to do something, they kind of do that little stutter step. Yep. Like, not like they're yep. scared, but do you know what I'm talking it's about? It's too choreographed. It's uh, the, uh, the chore. Uh, Modern wrestling is a lot of, you know, I mean, you could say it's always been choreographed, but almost to a higher extent where, yes, I understand what you're saying. There is a pause or something like that, and fluency removes that. Everything looks natural. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't, I don't, that's not a negative. Um, I, I will agree with you. I notice it more in women's matches, and typically with the ones that, aren't typically in the spotlight or don't get main marquee matches. Um, it's just, yeah. And, and based on number one, I haven't even seen it yet, but I can, I am pretty sure I know who it is. Uh, you're absolutely right. You don't get that at all. It is fluent. It is, it, it, it's flawless. It, it, it moves from thing to thing without a break being there where like you looks like you're trying to do something. It's just happening naturally. So you're absolutely right. Yep. Even sometimes being able to call things on the fly. Sure. Too, as opposed to being like, oh, my God, we, we, we didn't. <laughs> it's kind of like that whole uh, Enzo Amore. Uh, Simon Cox yeah. thing where he's like, <laughs> I'm going to throw you the rope. Are you going to catch it or you're not? I'm saying I'm going to try to catch it. I don't know. But are you going to catch a rope or you're not? You know what? <laughs> Fuck it, man. I'm just going to completely miss the rope just for you. And and it's kind of the same thing when it comes to these other wrestlers. Like, but what if what if they don't do it? And they, they you see them do that pause yeah. or that you know stutter step or whatever. Like, well, I got to wait because that's not the timing. She said she'd have to be on both feet and ready to do this part, as opposed to Thunder may jaw with the crowd or whatever the case is. 
in that you're going to catch that when it comes to that fluent. You know, it's just in your blood on how to react in the ring. Uh, someone who is maybe not the most fluent in the ring, but I think is one of the top heels, is going to be a top heel for a long time, is number 43, Dr. Britt Baker. Did you know she was a dentist? <laughs> have, you, have you looked at the paper? <laughs> um, everything we've seen from her so far, she's been great. Minus, it, minus that first heel promo. The turning heel promo true. was cringy, but she recovered like a motherfucker, and she's been great since. Yep. That's true. And I, I don't know if that was nerves or not. Um, I mean, shit, I even liked their weird cinemated dentist office match for some weird oh. reason. <laughs> uh, but she she's definitely been one that's grown on me, but she really can play the heel character. She's strong on the mic. It's confidence, and she oozes with confidence when she's out there. There's girls that are out there that are kind of like, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be playing this part, right? You know, I got to act like this, and they sometimes break character whatever. You don't see her really break character. She is. She looks like she's a bitch. I'm not saying she is. I'm saying she looks like she acts like she wants to be a bitch. Does that make sense? Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about after that first promo that she did as a heel, where after that it was like, oh, you know, Adam Cole at night is like, listen, just be a just be a cocky ass like you are with me every night. You know what I mean? Right. Like she's that's just be yourself. And maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. Um, but either way, ever since then, yeah, she's, it's more natural. She's not trying to act. It's like, you know, your, your biggest successes are always the ones who just play an accentuated version of themselves. Right. So it seems like that's, what's been happening since then. And it's fantastic. Um, you can argue about the AEW booking portion of it, but it, she's really come into her own and she's embraced her character. Well, booking's out of her control. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, But it, it's funny about you saying the Adam thing. You, you know, be the sarcastic person you are with me. What if it's like, honey, think about how when you yell at me at night <laughs> yeah. and how you get mad at me because I piss on the toilet seat or whatever it is. <laughs> and I'll, you, one of these days you're going to hear a Freudian, Freudian slip when she goes, uh, and she's going to be like, and I'm sick and tired of you, Adam. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> Thunder Rosa. Blurring the lines. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. All right, number four to 42. She had one of the best feuds that we talked about with, um, oh, my God, who was it? Was it Kylie Ray? No, yes. no, 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 no. No. It was, um, holy crap. That's terrible. Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. Thank you. Good for you. Good for you, ODM. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Oh, good for you. But we are talking about Dakota Kai. Um, that feud made me just fall in love with her as a, as a character, as a wrestler. It showed a completely different side of her, menacing. And I mentioned this earlier about them winning the Dusty Classic is because they really do have that Diesel, Shawn Michaels kind of, no pun intended, click going right now. Um, where Raquel is the muscle for her and she gets to be the conniving girl that just, you know, steals the wins if she needs to. And I think that it plays well to her character as a heel, a villain, but also 
a scared heel. One of our favorite things about most heels are the ones that run out of the ring, right? When Hogan would come into the ring and and the heel would run out of the ring and kind of get all scared. Oh, my God, he's coming in there and flexing and ripping his fucking shirt. Let's get out. That's kind of the whole thing that Dakota, I'm telling Dakota, when she eventually turns face, will become an NXT champion or or women's champion at some point. I don't think that she will be as a heel, but eventually when she turns face, she's going to be heel for a long time to the point where everybody loves her, then she turns face. Um, But I I think she's going to have that big push coming. You guys watch. Uh, Coming at number 41 is someone that I mentioned with our 49 entrant with Nagayo is Lioness Asuka. Did you know there was another Asuka? Who's ready for Asuka? <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, the lioness was one. Um, she, again, a part of the 80s, and she was a fan favorite, high-flying, fast-paced wrestler. Um, it kind of always makes you wonder if, like, that was, is Asuka's real name Asuka? Is it built off of that? I don't know. I'd have to really look into that. Um, you know, you mean like kind of like, is, is she paying homage to the lioness? Uh, but again, 80s, more of a, a tag team specialist. Uh, and uh, coming at number 40, uh, this is absolutely one of your favorites. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised. Uh, I feel like she should be down like another fucking eight spots maybe. <laughs> well, we're going to get there. This is the top 50 women's wrestlers of all time. I think she's good, but Alexa Bliss, the fiend, the fiendess. Alexa Bliss, we'll call her. Um, dude, she can wrestle. She can Hell talk. Yeah. She can act. She can work. I I know I've said it already. I love when she works a crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, she gets people on her side in a sympathetic way. And she goes, it's just thanks to me. Oh, my God. Like, every time she used to, I go, good for you. I fucking love you. Yeah, she does that. She does that, like double-jointed elbow thing where it looks like, oh, I I broke my arm, I broke my arm, and she fucking heals it up. Uh, And Twisted Bliss is a great move. It's simplistic. It doesn't really seem... It's just a splash, but the way she pulls it off is great. Uh, Yeah, she's she's the all-around package. She's fantastic. And and listen, ultimately, uh, she's a a team player, right? Uh, She she flies the corporate flag, Um, you know, and good for her. If that's, that's the role she's going to take, that's the role she's going to take. But, uh, her impact from when she came up from NXT on the main roster was pretty quick and it's been pretty sustained since. So, yeah, I, I was just going to say, did you ever think the manager of Blake and Murphy was going to be the more talked about woman in wrestling today? No, no. And she, and she, and she (laughs) really is. I mean, again, you, you nailed it. Total package. She's got every aspect of it figured out and. I mean, she can she can do anything they throw at her, so yeah. I honestly, I, yeah. I would have put her a lot higher up on this list. My only gripe so far, which is funny because number thirty nine, I could see being a, a little bit of an argument, but I'm just talking about ring work sure. a little bit sometimes. Sure. You know me, I'm a ring work yep. guy, um, and I'm and I think Alexa's good, but she's kind of one of those people I see a little bit of the stutter steps kind of thing I'm talking okay. about earlier. Um, not majorly, but. Right. I feel like it's if you're going A to Z, she needs to definitely know B, C, D, E. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it, some of those people are that way, and that's absolutely all right. Um, and I'm not shitting on her care on her wrestling ability if that is the case, even if it's not the case. I'm just guessing, by the way. Um, 
But number 39, I'm talking about someone who has outstanding ring work. From what I've seen, Ember Moon. Again, fluent in the ring. She, When she's in there, it's like she was born inside of that wrestling ring and only learned to enter inside and out of the ropes. You know what I'm saying? Like She's just very... Uh, she's a good technical wrestler. High flying, of course. The Eclipse is what probably it's one of the best. One it's, of the yeah, best. it's one of the best finishers in wrestling overall. When it happens, we everybody pops. I still pop. You pop. We pop during the the yep. rumble. <laughs> uh, we I think we've only really seen a fraction of what she can do. Maybe she could turn heel. I don't know. You know, I mean, the one thing is that last season. I was like, I don't know if she's going to come back from this this injury. Yeah. She's on WWE backstage. I don't think she's going to make her way back. And then here she is. She's wrestling again. So, again, I think it's a fraction. And, you know, being a part of NXT, battling it out with Asuka, and then coming up to the main roster. Come on, man. Main roster does not treat anybody the way they should be treated. No. I think that if she is given the right push, this would be for her. You know what I thought about today? I think every woman should just ju- just fucking form a union. I mean literally, and everybody take your shit and just make one promotion. The only reason I say that is then we're going to watch you that way. You know what I mean? You're not just sprinkled in in between seven men's matches. You know, if, if I I'm tuned in to watch women's wrestling, I think it should just be one promotion. I'm not saying segregation. I'm just saying I think it, we're at that time where wouldn't you rather they just take all the women out of WWE and get rid of and out of AEW? Give them some real booking storylines with people who are looking for the best interest in women and give them their own promotion. Get rid of two hundred five live and make a women's division. Yeah, I'd dude. watch it. I'd watch. Just saying, I'd watch yeah, it week to week. I, no oh, doubt, dude. Because we, the talents there. I would make that our new segment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Nailed it. WWE, AEW, do it. AEW, build your roster a little bit better, though, first. You just don't have the talent. They're trying. But, I mean, with at least half this list right here, you can make a really good television show week to week. Like you said, get rid of 205. Yeah. Sprinkle those guys into the rest of NXT mm-hmm. or whatever you want to do. Uh, make them be jobbers on TV for a while. Who cares? Because we're not watching them on 205 anyway. Yeah, man, just make a women's division, and I would watch it. Storyline-wise, I'd be like, well, let's see what else, what's going on here. Because you've got the players. Just you've got a, a wide cast of, of people that you could do so many things, and I'd be, I, I'd be thrilled. I'd probably be more excited than the regular main roster program. And that's why they won't yeah, do it. No they shit, don't want right? to give that exactly. to you. So I'm saying, man, women, form a union. Fight the power. Fight the man. All right. Now I got that plugged out of the way. Oh, man. Number 38, Sarah Del Rey, uh, an excellent wrestler, great ring technician, someone who's very, very fluent in the ring to the point where she is now a coach and producer for WWE being producing in backstage as well as uh, some of the matches, especially in the women's division. Uh, She was a mainstay in Shimmer and Shikara and was the inaugural Shimmer champion. Shimmer is a women's promotion, which I love. I wish I did that here in the States. That'd be an idea. Oh, wait, we already brought that up. All right, sorry, recycling things. Yikes. Number 37. You can look, you but think you can't split? touch. 
<laughs> oh my god. Do you think they should have been split or coming as as number thirty seven together? Together. All right, good because they're equally as bad. Yeah. As Bella, the Bellas. We got Nikki and uh, Brie. Let's see. Nikki's couple of claim to fames uh, outside of the wrestling ring are being engaged to John Cena and turning on Brie at the big SummerSlam thing when it was Brie versus Stephanie. Brie's biggest thing, being married to Daniel and also telling Stephanie multiple times, you are such a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to lie, I kind of fucking popped for that one. I love that. She was getting the big yes chance. But for real, I will talk positive about that, man. You know, we talk about John Cena, Titus O'Neil. You know, talking about those people that are very, very big when it comes to community work or giving back to charity, giving to uh, Make-A-Wish. The Bellas are right front and center, especially for everything. Go back and anything you ever watched in when you see them, you know, signing autographs, doing things, tribute to the troops. Those ladies were there, man. They were very hardcore to the company. Uh, whether they were outstanding wrestlers, they deserve, I would say, their spot together where they're at. Because I think their combined ring work probably deserves 37. What do you think? Uh, I... <sighs> they drew a lot of money. I would. Uh, there's some people. Because uh, you couldn't. Touch. I, I would put them. Probably, probably push them back personally. But I understand. Um, yes, they do a lot of humanitarian work. Um, but that, you know, I, I don't. I bet you they're going to be a Hall of Fame. They're going to be in the Hall of Fame within about two years. Yeah, probably. Probably. Which is a weird. Not my favorite. Not I like. Favorite. I like the next one though, for multiple reasons. You know what I was thinking? What's that? Huh. Just call it, all right, go with me on this. The WWE Hall of Fame, would you say it's kind of bad? Yeah, it's terrible. Good and terrible. You and I should start to build our own real legit Hall of Fame. The Top of <laughs> Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know? Let's, Coming let's, at you for season let's, three. Let's all marinate right. on ideas, that. Ideas, yeah. ideas, ideas. Yeah. You know what I like? is Stone Cold Steve Austin was a badass dude. He was fighting the authority and loved to drink some beer. TNA said, we could do that with a woman. And they did. O-D-B. One dirty bitch. She is just that, the Stone Cold female version that was in TNA. I used to love, she'd come out with a flask, drink her booze, do a little bit of weird dancing and head banging, and then legit take both hands and slap her tits like three times, being like, are you guys in place? Let's go. <laughs> and would go in and start wrestling, man. But she could beat up a guy. She could beat up a girl. She kind of had that little trailer trash uh, storyline going with Cody Deaner at one point I wasn't a mega fan of. But, man, ODB was great in a huge, uh, no quote, or no, no pun intended, impact player in TNA especially in the women's division when they were just really on the rise and you have uh, your Awesome Kongs, your Gale Kings, your Madison Reigns, beautiful people. ODB was in there very, very consistently as well. Number 35. 
man, can I ask you, can you do me a favor? I normally ask you to help me out on the Japanese names, but I got to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever really heard her name properly said. Do you know how to say John Morf- Morrison's wife's name? Taya Valkyrie. Is it Valkyrie? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was Valkyrie. Oh. <laughs> okay. Bob Rude. But either way, <laughs> Bob uh, you want to talk about the next generation of Impact Wrestling. When a lot of those names I was just mentioning, you know, when they took off, you had someone you needed someone that could really keep the division going, and she has done a great job. Uh in a multiple time Impact Wrestling champion, as well as a former Lucha Ground understar or a Lucha Underground star. Thirty four. God damn, this woman scared the bejesus out of me when I was a kid. Because I was like, is that real on the side of her head? Is that a tattoo? (laughs) Are the veins really popping out of her skull like that? That's right, man. I'm talking about Luna Vachon. And I I was introduced to her in the mid-'90s when she came out and was uh, attacking Sherry Martell at the WrestleMania 9 pay-per-view. And she came out and was kind of somewhat aligning herself with Shawn Michaels, but then she talked like this. I go, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with this chick, man? Didn't realize, man, you want to talk about someone that was, you know, could beat up a guy, could beat up a girl. She was a giant mainstay in multiple divisions. We're talking, or promotions, we have WWF, but we also had AWA, the NWA, daughter of famous Mad Dog Vasham. I have this written here, and I think you'd probably agree with me. In the time that she was around, very underappreciated, um, or at least maybe just misplaced. Like, let's say you took Luna Vachon and brought her in today. The character would work any generation, I think, where you have actual women's wrestling. I think her character would work. Oh, absolutely. Uh, She's built. She's jacked. uh, She can kick ass, and she's crazy as She's batshit crazy. Uh, that's not a, a time period character. Uh, so, yeah, I think she definitely could fit in today. Uh, she definitely was underappreciated. I, I think the thing with Sherry was probably the widest, not whitest, widest, widest audience uh, at, at that time. Um, you know, Sherry obviously was heel at, at some point, but... Um, but this also was kind of a, when she attacked Sherry at nine. It's kind of funny because that brings you back to the earlier years of AWA and stuff because they were fighting it out there. Um, but just in WrestleMania nine, if you were a new fan, you didn't really know that this was a long kind of history that was behind the whole kicking of Sherry. You know, but one other thing I'll mention is that WWE really didn't do her any favors. No. In 94, WrestleMania 10, you have her tagging with Bam Bam Bigelow against Doink and Dink. And also at that WrestleMania, you had a Lunger Blaze against, uh, fuck if I even remember. Why did you never have a feud with Luna and Lundra? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't, never, I don't get why that just never happened. It was a perfect... That's your perfect heel. I mean, they put the well, title on. I, I think uh, like Bertha Faye yeah. and and all and Bull Nakado. Yes. How the hell do you yes. not just put Luna? Uh, I think that's probably one of the reasons that Alundra Blaze was kind of pissed off when she left. 
Well, Luna didn't stick around too much longer either way. Yeah. I mean, it, it, well, well, well actually, I take that back. She, the oddities. She did get out of there, but then came back as the yeah. oddities. Holy shit. I know. There was that. Oh, yeah. So, number 33, Molly Holly. The cousin of Hardcore and Crash Holly. Um, There's a couple of people I wrote this down, and I think you would appreciate me saying this. Because you know me. I like to shit all over the Attitude Era as many times and as often as I can. However, this was a female wrestler in the Attitude Era. Yep. It's just wrong time, wrong, you know what I mean? Wrong place, wrong time. Uh, you bring Molly Holly into any era that has actual women's wrestling, kind of like I said with Luna. She can go. You, she could have gone with the best. You bring her into AEW, and she'd probably be a champion. Yeah. Because she, hundred percent, talking about a fluent wrestler in the ring, not one that's going to stutter. Exactly. Still. Molly Holly was really, really good, man, um, and I think underappreciated because when you talk about, everybody always says Trish, Lita, you know, the first two names that everybody always goes to, but very seldom do people want to give it to uh, either Molly Holly or number thirty-two, Ivory. I mean, she was a great heel she played it so well um she was in the right to censor at one point huge nemesis to china for a whole year and she was the reason that china broke her neck in a match that brought china all the way back to a wrestlemania match with her for the women's title that lasted like 37 seconds but she was just that right women's wrestler in an attitude era Right? Again, she is another one that I look at that I'm like, you bring her into any other era. You bring Ivory into, if she was, you know, in her prime, right? A right age in AEW. Perfect heel right there. There you go. 31. I mentioned her just a couple minutes ago. Bowling yeah, Island. She's huge. the one that actually took the title from Alundra Blaze in 94. But, you know, you want to talk about AJPW. We're talking um, women's wrestling in Japan. She is easily one of the best wrestlers of all time, and especially she had a lot of great matches with a couple of our top three people. Let's keep that in mind. You want to talk a little bit about number 30? Yeah, well, I mean, we already talked about her a little bit earlier. It's Tony Storm. Um, you know, a lot of people probably aren't familiar too much with her pre-May Young Classic. Uh, and, you know, and even I wasn't really. I know she was in pro- progress for a while. Um, she was uh, the fr- she was actually the first ever women's progress champion. Um, and then she was in uh, one. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to trip over this uh, one. We've mentioned a couple times today already. World Wonder Ring Stardom. Uh, she was there for a couple of years and then she made it big with Mae Young Classic. She's basically primarily been on NXT UK since then. Um, but. She is another one of those fluent wrestlers. You see it. Um, she's like Rhea Ripley almost, um, where it's it. You're not seeing stutters. You're not seeing breaks in the action. Everything is very natural. Um, she's the type of person that would probably have a great match with like Natalia, or or Sasha, or any of the four horsewomen, um, because she does have that ring fluency. So, you know, she was obviously an NXT UK women's champion. She could easily be the regular NXT women's champion. 
Um, a lot of potential there. Uh, kind of hoping they keep her in NXT for a while, let her run that division. Uh, because, again, on top of that, she can cut a promo. She's got the look, and she's got the in-ring work. Uh, that just looks natural and like it means something. So uh, I'm hoping that if we ever redo this list in the next couple of years, she's going to be towards the top. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Rhea Ripley with her. You know, they've already feuded over the title in UK. I'd like to see him just bring that whole program just right into the U.S. television for us, whether on the main television or on NXT. I mean, we don't know if Rhea's been fully called up. She was in the Rumble. Right. I don't think she's been fully called up yet. Hey, man, have her stay and do some stuff with Tony Storm. We'll get some great matches out of that. Hell yeah. Number 29, Jazz. She was the longest women's NWA champion in recent history, um, holding it for nearly a couple of years. Um, and, and she was a powerhouse in an era of divas. She, You know, she's there during your time of uh, Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler. Right. And, and, you know what I mean? Just not your wrestling matches. And she was... She was almost the one that they had to put in the ring to make sure the other one, the, the, make sure that the diva had somebody that was qualified to be in the ring with them. Yeah, that's uh, and, and I don't mean to say that you know th- that just goes to point out her talent. She was the ring general basically for a bunch of matches with people who couldn't wrestle. You know who she was? Dean. Hey, oh God, and that's a, this is going to sound really funny because it's a real name. I was going to say she's like the black China. You know what I mean? Like China was a fucking powerhouse. And even if you put her in with other women, she could take care of everything. But I was going to say black China. But I think that's that, that name's actually been taken anyway. So either way, <laughs> Jazz was, again, man, a fucking powerhouse that was bigger than a lot of the guys on the roster. At yeah, that she, point. Was like she was bigger than Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> uh, our, our number 28 we have uh, Ayako Hamada. I think I got the first name correct. Uh, a Mexican female wrestler that has been a high-flying face, a crowd favorite um, in AJPW, TNA, as well as Shimmer. Um, you've probably seen her face multiple times when it comes to a lot of these. Um, a lot of the women that we talk about today, have actually had a lot of matches with a lot of these ladies in Japan. A lot of them, you know, before they really got their start in WWE, some of them were over in Japan. And she was a great uh, crowd favorite. You know, she fought on people like uh, who we'll have in the later list. Uh, and I don't want to give it away too much, but we'll say maybe four or five of the people in our list that come up a little bit later and a couple we've already had. Uh, so we're talking about a good hand in the ring. 27. I'm sad that she just left. I got to be honest with you. I was just enjoying her. Uh, is Carrie Sane? Carrie Sane, Oscar's um, former tag team partner. Uh, I would say between NXT and WWE, probably the best. I would say next to like what Io Shirai, the next or the best well produced or pushed women's wrestler next to Charlotte. You know what I mean? Like when you have like they were just like. 
ah, go out and do your thing, man. We're not even going to really fuck with you. Do what you have to do. Yeah, Kyrie saying what I really liked about her more than anything was her fluency with Asuka. Uh, when they won the women's tag team titles and they had their matches, uh, you know, defending it, uh, watching them together, they were, and you, you stress this all the time, they were a tag team. Their fluency combined to a greater level. Uh, it was just perfect. And let's be honest, the, the, the main focus of Kyrie saying was that elbow drop, which is, one of the best yep. elbow drops since Macho Man. Let's not kid ourselves. It's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where she never really reached her full potential because she made a decision for her herself. So, you know, good for her. Uh, sucks for us as fans. But if she's happy, I'm happy, uh, and I'm glad she's on the list because, yeah, she was always great to watch. And we even got her on the main roster, and they didn't fuck her up too much. So, um, right. The, that I mean, and she did great on in NXT. With, oh yeah, uh, Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. So many great matches with her. I think they fought at Evolution, the one and only pay per view. Yeah. You know, and I said this to you during the Rumble. Uh, in in we didn't get to say it in the main thing, but dude, remember the time that they had that all women's pay per view? Now you have more women than ever. You don't even have to call back on Legends, and you don't even do a fucking pay-per-view exactly. Again. Yeah, there's no shortage. They could easily put. We're one talking about a, about making a TV show. You won't even do a one pay per view that you could do inside of one of your Thunderdomes. Right. Well, let's let's be honest for a second, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to virtue signal here for a second. Um, we as men aren't obviously qualified to to speak to the mind frame that a female wrestler would be in. Right. So my thing is. Maybe they don't want their own show. I, I don't know. Either way, if if ultimately I would say for me, I would like to see that separate show because I want to see the focus beyond them, right? I consider it two two different shows. Um, but ultimately, if if them as the you know the the employees of this company, the you know the talent, if they say no, we don't want that. We just want to be on the main show. All right, cool we'll roll with it because ultimately we're still going to watch it. Only time will tell. Hopefully they produce one or the other for us. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that is Jeez. the fault of the bookers and we all know how that goes. So, well, one person that was always treated, I feel like with the most respect and a lot of, the big icons, legends, Hall of Famers will tell you she was one of the boys, man. And I don't mean like she was a town boy. She was just one of the boys. They, she got along with everybody, and she, but she also didn't put up with anybody's shit. We're talking about the sensational one, Queen. Also, at some point, we got sensational, sensational Queen Sherry. Uh, Scary, Sherry. Fucking Brutus. <laughs> Brutus the fucking barber beefcake. Oh, man, dude, she was a wrestler. She was a manager. I mean, she's an icon. You know what I mean? And, and managing, you got Michaels, DeBiase, Savage, uh, Harlem Heat. I mean, Oh, yeah, she was there for uh, Booker's famous promo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I and that you know what, and that that Eric speaks Bischoff talk that about speaks that, whole thing. that speaks to her character even more though, because when he does it and he realizes and he emotes that he fucked up, she doesn't break a stride. She still nope. the same smiles on her face. She looks him right in the eyes. She's rubbing his shoulder, and 
never breaks a stride. You wouldn't know. Yep. It's she was a pro. That's yeah. it, man. That's she was a yeah. pro. Uh, again, I yeah, man. Uh, I'd put her up higher personally, but it sucks. I know, man. Her... I know it's tough, man. Well, um, yeah. Well, no, what actually what I was gonna say is it sucks that her uh death mm-hmm. was kind of overshadowed in the same time that WWE did the fake death of McMahon, but also within a couple of days later was the Chris Benoit mm-hmm. thing. And it completely got overshadowed, and unfortunately, um, and I was a major Sherry Martel fan. Um, number twenty-five. You talk about someone that you know did a crossover. MMA, MMA star turns pro wrestler. I was a very big fan of Ronda Rousey, man, when she was in MMA and breaking everybody's arm, and then we found out not once but twice she she's got a glass jaw. <laughs> but <laughs> oh damn. She does, bro. We also found out that she doesn't like when people boo she's her like, in her home. She's like Brock Lesnar. She's like Brock Lesnar. She doesn't like getting hit. That's true. I like when Lesnar gets hit, though, man. He gets mad and then just punches you in the skull. <laughs> He's a brute. I love He's watching that. He's a big brute. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that she is was extremely surprising. I don't think it was too surprising that... She could be athletic in the ring, but you want to talk about someone that made it. She didn't really do a whole lot of those stutters that we talked mm. about. Um, I think could do a little, a little less talking. You know, I, sure. I think kind of like, what do you people want to see? You want to see me do this? Blah blah blah. Just fucking do your thing. <laughs> Dance monkey? Is that what you're getting? <laughs> No, not no, necessarily. I know, I'm no, just I like, don't, don't. She don't, needs don't, a mouthpiece. But I'm also the person uh, that uh, Heyman would have been perfect for. I don't see why they didn't. Do oh, absolutely. It. I don't know why they. It didn't would have been. It would have written itself with the MMA uh-huh. stars. Um, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Twenty-four. Your current NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai being pushed very well. Um, from Shimmer and various women's promotions, uh, they are making her a star, almost to, I would say, Oscar quality right Hell now yeah. when it comes to how how she's being pushed on NXT, and it's like the stay where you're at, don't go up. <laughs> but if you go up, man, Eo versus Oscar, shit, I'm down. Hell yeah, and Eo's got one of the best entrance musics in the uh, in the whole game right now. I love that shit. And one of the best moon songs. Oh, dude! But she's got that Oscar like craziness, right? She has that, but more subdued. Like Oscar's like a thousand percent, right? These amps go to eleven, uh, but Eo can play really subdued. Uh, they they remember she cut those uh, underwater underwater promos. Yep. But she can also just do like batshit crazy. But yeah, fantastic. Excellent segue. <laughs> Speaking of batshit crazy, number 23, Mickey oh, James. Oh, what can't you say about Mickey James? She came in as an obsessive Trish Stratus fan. So you want to talk about really uh, earthquake treatment? Batshit crazy. She she was doing the whole single white female thing, man, even get, doing the blonde hair, everything. Um, and it's, it's funny, one of the funniest fucking moments of all time that could have stayed and been great 
because of how obsessive it really was. I was going to say, you've seen single white female, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's see. That is, uh, what are the two girls' names? I know that one is uh, Jane Fonda. The other one was... Arquette? Was it Rosanna Arquette? No, no, the one that's in uh, Hateful Eight. She's the... Yeah, it's Rosanna Arquette. No. Bro. Damn you, it's not Rosanna. No, keep talking. Just keep talking. I will keep talking. Well, either way, there's a part where, like, the one girl is being so obsessive that she even goes over and blows the other the other girl's dude and, you know, is, has the same haircut and everything. Well, that escalated quickly. Mick, it does, but hang on. Mickey James did that exact same thing. It made it escalate oh, really quick at WrestleMania. It's Jennifer Jason Lee. That's what I was talking about. She has sex in every movie, that chick. So she, anyway, yeah, she, go, she does that and blows Jane Fonda's dude. Well, that fucking WrestleMania... You have, while Mickey just really is such a big fan of Trish, she lifts Trish in the air. Trish is ready to do stratisfaction where she jumps off the rope, and when she goes in the air, Mickey puts her hand in between her legs and then afterwards licks her fingers right down the middle in the shape of a V. It was so fucking batshit crazy Mm -hmm. awesome. But WWE edited that shit out. Oh, yeah, that's been blown away. And it's one of the best fucking moments of all time, only because she made that character so fucking awesome. But, you know, she was in other promotions as well. She did uh, some time in ECW as well as Ring of Honor. So Mickey's been around. Um, And then went to Impact. After WWE fucking shit on her with the whole lay cool Piggy James thing, she finally peaced out, went to Impact, where she was actually treated like a wrestling uh, star. And even to the point where they said, oh, you're a singer? Well, I'll cross-promote you, man. Go ahead. Absolutely. Make a CD. And they helped push her to make a to make her dreams come true as a country musician. No goddamn way in hell would WWE do that for her in WWE. In WWE. Yeah, she... Uh... You know how many people could do things outside of WWE that they don't want them to do? They can't even have a fucking Cameo account, let alone have a CD. Right. Hey, by the way, uh, Jim Cornette's actually going to do some like a limited amount of cameos. You want to pony up? We'll go in together. Yeah, I don't have a G. What? How much is it, like a grand? Oh, I have no idea. No, it wouldn't. Cornette wouldn't charge a grand. God damn it, he <laughs> needs grand so he can get a lot of cheeseburgers. <laughs> Number 22. I am a very big fan of her wrestling um, I think maybe maybe got pushed a little too far up this list. I think she was actually supposed to be swapping, I think, once the list began. And we started, like I said, we're live, pal. But uh, retribution aside, Mercedes Martinez, um, extremely huge on the indies, including Shimmer, World Extreme Wrestling, and Ring of Honor. Um, she's been big in NXT as well as obviously going for the title this weekend in the Vengeance uh, NXT TakeOver. I think she's a great wrestler. I think that just the retribution thing was just kind of a, whoa, pull it back, pull it back. All right, you're safe, you're safe. Everybody else is fucked right now. They're already off the cliff. You held on to that twig. Do you get my reference? No. You don't? Like a little, There's like a twig hanging at the top of the cliff. It shouldn't fall off with the horses. I can only catch it. <sighs> We can't. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
Number 21, your favorite yeah. and many people's favorite, Rhea Ripley. One of the people that I wrote on this list here. Five more years, and she's going to be in our top yep. 10, probably. Uh, but, you know, who's to say she doesn't just tear her ACL tomorrow and she's done? Dear Lord, man, if that happens, I will fucking drive to wherever you are right now or I'll pay somebody to drive <laughs> wherever you are and slap you right in the fucking face. <laughs> Don't well, laugh, I'm it ain't laugh funny. so hard. I'm going to laugh so hard if tomorrow morning I get onto a wrestling website. <laughs> Rhea Ripley goes to get out of bed, tears both ACLs, never to wrestle again. Then you should die of gonorrhea and go straight to hell. Would you like a cookie? (laughs) (laughs) She was a Charlotte Flair lookalike at one point. Reinvented herself, man, between May Young Classics and... Man, her just her story has been her story is awesome as it is, just alone. But a wrestling technician, she's awesome with submission. She's a powerhouse. She's strong. She can go with Shayna Baszler to Charlotte to anybody on the roster. She makes everybody look good, and she is a believable character, a believable wrestler. People are behind her on momentum alone, just because of how good she is. Yeah, she's fantastic. She, uh, like you said, believable. That's the biggest thing right there. Like, you, you don't even have to see her wrestle. Just look at her. Yep, like, yep, nope, no, I ain't fucking with her. Nope, 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 nope. No, she comes out, and you're like, she's a wrestling character. You know what I mean? Like, sure. she is in, like, I'm not saying she's that gothy type person 24-7 or whatever. I'm saying, but when she comes out, you see her, you're like, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she you backs know? it up. Like, she I believe, too. It, 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 in in a way, I'm saying of a kayfabe way, kind of like when Sami Zayn comes out. I believe that he's really upset that he lost his Intercontinental Championship. The way he's whining and bitching, I believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like I believe her when she comes out. Like she is a legit badass. Number twenty is a sad story to me, and I am not talking anything other than when I say about negatives for her. It's a sad story of the broken neck or neck problems and can't wrestle anymore. Yep. Page. She was the next in line, right next to AJ Lee. When AJ was taken over and really, you know, when she put all those divas on blast and shit on everybody, Paige then comes up, becomes a champion. Divas, of course, but in I mean she was an NXT champion for women's and then the Divas champion. Life cut short, man. Or uh, not life, I'm sorry. Uh, career cut short. I'm glad she's still with us and you know she she could be the next edge, you know what I mean, to come back. Who knows? I mean, with with technology nowadays, you know, I was watching Edge's documentary. He went from having consistent headaches, woke up after the last surgery to fix his neck, and never a headache ever again. Dude, so things can change. Maybe we'll see Paige back one day. Um, but if you want to get a great glimpse into her life and how she started and how she pushed to become a wrestler, you got to watch Wrestling With My Family. It's on Prime. Um, I saw it actually for like five bucks at Walmart the other day, unfortunately. Uh, but just a really good movie, but it really shows you the ups and downs of her life. Like I said, you know, all the bullshit aside, really was a great wrestler and just, again, you know, just a touch ahead of her time. You know what I mean? Like, if she came up just a couple of years later, she is fighting Charlotte, Becky, and all those people on your main roster. Absolutely. 
Um, number 19. Oh. We, talked about her. we talked about her a little bit ago. Alundra Blaze or Medusa. Um, a 90s wrestling women's star starting in WCW as Medusa. Then comes over to WWF to work as Alundra Blaze. Um, reinventing the women's championship because it had been gone for so many years since like almost WrestleMania two, I think. And yep. finally it's, it's back. It wasn't even a divas title. It was a fucking women's title. How about yep. that? Look, just uh, look <laughs> similar to the uh, IC title. It did. Yep. And unfortunately, you know, she had a couple years on the roster, not much happens. And then, she then goes over to WCW and drops the title. And I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not saying this sarcastically. When she dropped her title, I feel like she dropped her career at the same exact time because nothing really good ever happened after that for her. Uh, but anybody will tell you that's who they looked up to. A lot of the people of of the women that you watch nowadays, they were like, well, Alondra Blaze, man, in the 90s, that was the women's wrestler that was out there. There was not many women's wrestlers in the mid nineties that were there because it was just not a time of actual women's wrestling. Most were managers, valets, commentators, or nothing. So Alundra was a giant trendsetter. I mean, Lita and Trish are people that always credit her. Uh, coming in at number 18, this to me is a badass wrestler. I think you want to talk about how Rousey transitioned. It's her friend. In fellow four horsewomen, uh, she is Shayna Baszler, an MMA star turning wrestler. Um, you know, in the same stable with uh, Duke, Shafir, Rousey. In NXT, she was a fucking monster. They presented her so well. And then maybe we could say her main roster has been kind of whatever because they made her come out and bite <laughs> Becky on her first night, which was so fucking weird. It was. Um, you didn't need but it. But she is. A great wrestler, and I think kind of like I said about Ember Moon, we've only seen a fraction of what Shayna Baszler can do. I don't think she should ever go anywhere else. I think she should stay with WWE. She's going to get marketed the best there. If she went to AEW, I don't think they would know what to do with someone like her, someone who's an actual legitimate athlete. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's she's the epitome of uh, she's a safe worker. And she yep. is realistic and believable, and she can cut a promo. So, mm-hmm. uh, just let her go. You know, if you want, if you really want, you you could put her with Heyman, but I don't think you need to. Uh, she she no, she can she yeah she it. doesn't need it. She can run on her own, and she's just legit. Will fucking just murder you. Uh, and that's how her, she's been booked. She should be. De- she should just be the women's champion. Like that's to me. That's not debatable. I was gonna say her being a tag champion with Nia Jax just tells you they don't know what exactly. Doing with her. Because I'm like, why is she not either one of the women's champions? <laughs> exactly. She doesn't need it, Sasha. Does not need the no. title right now. And Oscar could take a beating from from Shayna yes. Baszler. You even if you hot shotted the title back and forth a couple times for Oscar Shayna Baszler matches, I would be one thousand percent okay with that. I get it; they've already done it already, so who cares at this point? Just give us good matches, and with those two alone, not to mention everybody else, you're gonna get a series of fucking great matches. Shayna Baszler's yeah, awesome; totally she agree. should be women's champion. Hopefully, hopefully that it, you know eventually we get what we want. Well, only time it's bound to happen. Uh, number seventeen. 
I think one of Trish Stratus's biggest uh, opponents and best opponents of all time. You know, Lita always gets the biggest rub when it comes to that, but Victoria made Trish look like a million bucks because she was a legitimate heel. She came in very badass. Um, I believe she was Tara in TNA. Um, it's Lisa Marie, like Voorhees or something like that. And she's now like, she owns a restaurant or I think maybe that just recently closed. Um, but hell of a ring worker. Um, I, I think if you, she never really had to, if I'm not mistaken, cause I think they kind of went away with it at the time, but she could have very easily went up against guys and could have been equally as fluent with them. Um, anybody on the roster during that ruthless aggression era. She she did great in the time that she was there. Awesome wrestler. Uh, I don't think she gets nearly as as enough credit as some of your other people. But hey, we just saw her in the Rumble last week, so you know me, I popped for that one. Number sixteen, the former manager to S.A. Rios, turning to Team Extreme manager. Fuck it, I'm gonna be a women's champion, Lita. And man, I mean. Biggest rival, like we just talked about when it comes to Stratus uh, on paper. And you want to talk about someone that would willing, willingly break their neck to become a women's champion. We saw her do it on TV. Um, but, man, it, we talked about it, I just think, last week. What the fuck was up with WWE? Why did they not care for her as much? Like, they really just gave her a lot of bad shit when it came to some of the angles. Yep. I mean, yeah, the whole Matt Hardy and Edge thing, but then after that, like, the just... She never really recovered, but a person that was really awesome in the ring. She was ahead of her time when it came to women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that second probably a better wrestler than Trish Stratus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That second. So here's the thing: that second TLC match, tag match, where oh, where she, she comes, comes out, out and helps out after the Rhino that and that all could that have shit. been her entire career, and she would have been just fine with that. She could have done. She could have had matches with the guys. She she was the female Jeff Hardy. I mean, she was a daredevil, but she could do it. You know, I think she could have, you know, continued to do it. Um, but they just decided to sex her up because that's what WWE was doing at the time. She could have been a legit that's threat. That's true. Man, that's right. She came out and did a Hurricane Rana, I think, on Edge. She took a couple, uh, like, ladder bumps, too. Man, she took a hard gore, too. Yeah. If it wasn't WrestleMania, I think she did it like on that Raw or SmackDown just prior to it, and she hit her head on a ladder or some shit too, man. But a tough cookie. Cookie. Um, number 15. I don't know why she made this list because she's a man. The man. <laughs> Becky Lynch. <laughs> Had to. No, man. Becky Lynch. I mean, everybody says becoming the female Stone Cold. I don't know if she's going to have that same kind of uh, – momentum or run when she gets back because you know taking time off and no or if fault or if or maybe better could be um i think nothing will ever beat her like solid month after getting her nose broke or right before getting the nose broke and talking shit to rousey and then getting her nose broke then all that there was a couple of months where she was the hottest female probably like in history most talked about female of all it, time at one point it was it, it it was one of those weird scenarios where even WWE couldn't shoehorn it uh the crowd dictated what was going to happen 
Uh, it was almost like a Canadian audience kind of thing where, you know, WWE is yeah. like, yeah, she's a heel. She's a heel. She's a heel. And every, and every arena they went to was like, no, no, we're cheering for her. And then once uh, Jax broke her nose, that was it. You couldn't fight it anymore. Uh, that was her Stone Cold 316, you know? And it's funny because you know, you say about, you know, WWE couldn't fight it. She lost to Charlotte just prior to all this stuff going on. She lost to Charlotte uh, at SummerSlam, and she turned heel, and everyone cheered a heel turn. Yeah. And it was like, enough said, dude. That just tells you what <laughs> exactly. we think. Like, if we're cheering something that you think we should be booing, you should sit back and go, well, we fucked that up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know, man. I think by the time even she got into WrestleMania, I think I was already kind of cheering for Charlotte Flair at the the Triple Threat. You know what I mean? I was like, ah, fuck, I don't want Rousey to win this, but I don't really care about Becky as much either. Fuck it. We'll it, it was, it didn't, I mean, and, to, then, to and then the sketchy pin didn't help either, but listen, you're absolutely right. The problem was afterwards, you know, WWE booking took over uh, because the organic part had reached its apex, right? So from there on, Dude. it was on WWE to say, okay, now you got your big moment. Here's how we keep it going, uh, and they never really did right. that. But uh, how she went out was fantastic. I think that was one of the moments of the years with her and Asuka. So uh, we at least got that resolution. I thought that was pretty cool. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Are you ready? Dude. Bruh. All right. Do you remember? Do you remember? Remember? <laughs> so... Undertaker had been promoting for, it was like, I'm going to be coming back on this date. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. And he keeps promoting it, promoting it. Comes out, hasn't said shit yet. Just as he goes to grab his mic, boom, fucking Triple H's music goes off. And that's how they began their <laughs> WrestleMania build at like 20, 27. Uh-huh. Imagine this. We've been, both have been away for quite some time. Finally, they push. They're like, Becky Lynch is coming back. The moment she goes to talk after getting a welcome back and all that chant, fucking Rousey comes out. Oh, shit. You never fully pinned me. Yeah. Because she didn't, man. It was a shady pin, and I think you can work off of that. Yeah, and the thing is, and the thing is, it's easy. No, 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 (laughs) that's fantastic because you know what? Everybody would expect Becky to just win the championship, but no, you put it on Rousey. It made perfect sense. Well, I like it. Uh, I would love to see that happen. Uh, coming in at number 14, again, this is one that has been talked about already multiple times, Trish Stratus. Um, th- to me, one of the best transitions from what you were to what you became. Um, she was you know, just a swimsuit model turning into a manager to a wrestler. She was first paired with, like, TNA. Tess and Albert. Um, but then she was a part of that whole uh, Vince McMahon made his wife comatose and go into like a nursing home thing. And then he was making out with Trish all the time and also made her bark like a dog. And then also she was feeding with Stephanie. <laughs> Excellent. I, that was a good one. Um, but she then just turned it all around and became a great 
wrestler. And not just to the point where people were, you know, just like more accepting of it. It was kind of like to the point where even when she was heel, she was being cheered because she was good. And she was not just great to look at. Um, cause that's kind of what WWE's presenting at the time, but they, she was the odd of the norm. She was a great wrestler and looked good doing it. And they ended up pushing her the right way. And dude, she went out the right way at Unforgiven in 2006, I think it was, or 2007 when she retired in Toronto in her hometown, winning the women's championship. She had a couple of comeback moments where she's done some matches, but retired for the most part. Um, but I, not much that you can ever really say about Trish that hasn't already been said said a million times. And a Hall of Famer. Number 13. I'm keeping it positive. <laughs> Natalia. I say I'm keeping it positive because that stupid gimmick aside that we've talked about a couple of times. Um, dude, she has been in the WWE on the main roster since 2009. Coming in with Tyson Kidd and uh, Harry Smith, as they called him, or even though it's David Boy Smith Jr., um, she was, you know, a manager, but then also a wrestler, and she's the only one that's still going, obviously, to this date. Unfortunately, with Tyson Kidd being injured, uh, but she is the gatekeeper in WWE. Uh, kind of like how Dolph Ziggler was the gatekeeper for a little bit; everybody had to face him when he came up from NXT. You got to get by Natty first, and Natty is an actual ring ten, uh, technician. You know, going under the the Stu Hart Dungeon family. You know, learning from all the greats, the the entire family there. Yeah, she uh, Natty. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, she. It's tough with her because as a heart, you kind of wanted her to have that top spot for a while, and again, WWE's booking gets in the way. But uh, you're absolutely right. She is the gatekeeper. She, you have to go through her. She gives you the seal of approval because she can go in the ring. She's fluent. And if you can get through her, it's on you from there. The only thing that ruined her for me was Total Divas. Yeah. Because I saw how much she just, like, not just was obsessed with cats, but how much really she just cries and is whiny and stuff and confrontational. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I, I just like the character. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Number 12, uh, you know, NXT commentator now, which is great because I'm a very big fan of her just being around in any way possible, uh, but a tremendous wrestler. Another one that I think, you know, if you could cookie cutter uh, some of the best of all time and bring them into now with all the, the great women that are out there, Beth Phoenix is one of them. Beth, I, I wish, could still be going to this date because – she was a badass, legitimate wrestler. I think that, um, you know, I, I kind of said, you know, Jazz was, you know, that next kind of Black China. Well, to me, your next big marketed powerhouse woman after China really was Beth Phoenix to the point where she actually was in a men's rumble. And she had a little bit of a comedic role with Santino and deal, dealing with all that crap as the Intercontinental and, and women's champions together. Uh from Buffalo. Hey, hey, hey. She is just a fucking awesome wrestler. Wife of Edge as well. Um, she was in an era that they were coming out of all those pillow fights and all that shit. And then they're like, all right, well, let's see what you women can do. Oh, 
fuck? We have to get in the ring now? Where's my pillow? Not her. She was ready to go at all times, man. And and kind of like she was the gatekeeper uh, just a little bit before Natty coming in. And then also, you know, staying along that time as well. Number 11. I got a funny story about her after we talk about her stats. But Bailey. Hey, we want some Bailey. Bailey. One of the NXT four horsewomen. And the one that was left behind. Kind of made you worried. If you, I don't know about you. It kind of made me worried. It was all weird. those other women got brought up. I'm like, well, what about her? And I know she has won the title, but like, well, what about her? <laughs> but it was cool because she stayed to really make Asuka look like a monster. She stayed and beat uh, Nia Jax. But then when she had to face Asuka, she couldn't beat her. And it made Asuka look just unstoppable, which was awesome. And then she finally did come up to the main roster when... People really were expecting her. They wanted her. And then she went full heel after, you know, being a women's champion a couple of times and being full face. I mean, what can you do? How many times can you come out and dance to the uh, inflatable arm flailing tube man? And all of a sudden she goes face. She gets the full-blown Karen haircut and just hates on everyone and everything. And I love it. Like I never expected it out of her. When, but she's good at it. And I she, let it, me ask you, this is the story one. <laughs> did you you and I laughed about it? That it was like, why did she just talk about I got a Michael Cole haircut? <laughs> did you see what she did? Yeah, I saw the picture on t- post I believe I posted it to our uh, social media on Twitter. Uh she shaved Cole in the back of her head. Like, straight up. And the joke was on her. He wasn't even commentating the women's match. Yeah, well, she's obviously got a thing for Michael Cole. That's kind of creepy. She's funny, though. Like it, I, I also She's so much better as a heel. Oh, totally. It, it, when that whole Otis and uh, Mandy Rose thing was going on, Mandy had cut her hair, and it was about as short as Bailey's, and there was a funny thing on Twitter where she goes, Hey, Bailey. You want to steal my hair? Or she goes, Bailey goes, hey, uh, Mandy, you want to steal my haircut, huh? And they're in a gym working out. She goes, I'm going to steal your man. And she puts her hand on Otis. And Otis goes, Mandy, don't believe her. And they're like out of character, but half in character. It was funny, man. But I'm like, I dig her. But like you said, as a heel, it works. Yeah. Especially the cockiness when, when they, we're going to sweep tonight. And she has the brooms and shit. She's funny, dude. Her and Sasha being as cocky together as they were, it worked out great. Now, uh, Sasha, of course, no one's going to buy her as a, as a full face. No one really, I don't think anybody's ever fully going to get behind Sasha as a full face. She plays a better heel. Um, but I, I think Bailey is a stronger heel right now. And that's why they went with that obvious role they have going on right now. I hope to see more and more of Bailey. I, I think, you know, we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. I mean, go back to the, NXT matches in Brooklyn with her and Sasha and, and their Iron Woman match. She's she's awesome. I'm a very big fan of Bailey. We've made our way to the top ten, and I just talked about her so much. Might as well just bring her up. The boss, NXT. Uh, I'm sorry. She was the boss of NXT and then became the boss of WWE, Sasha Banks. Cousin of uh, one of the worst fo- frog splash givers in town, Snoop Dogg. 
Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Chicken nuggets every day. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes, perfect. Okay. Um, look, man, with, with Sasha, it's funny because if you've not watched any of her docs, you're like, oh, she's probably just like that all the time, a real cocky person. And you know that thing came out that her and Bailey were like whining and crying after losing the titles and stuff at WrestleMania. I don't know how true that one whole thing is. But when she is just stripped down to her core and just being herself, man, totally different person than you see what Sasha Banks is, which gives me much more respect to her and her character. Because when she goes out there, she's amped up, man. She's she's when she's dancing and and acting like she's the boss and she's the shit. She's also that humble person that cries the moment she wins a title too, because that's her real person. You know what I mean? Like, right? She can't stay cocky in character when something awesome. Somebody happens looking for clickbait really headlines, you know, as opposed to telling the truth. Exactly. Story, right? yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. She's she's the um, boss. I, I'm she's a very the boss. Big fan of her. You know, it's a damn shame that they kept hot jotting those titles off of her. You know, her title reigns were always short. Uh, now, I, this might be one of her longest title reigns on the main roster. But, uh, yeah. you know, she's proven herself. Uh, she's another one that's really fluent. She's got, uh, you know, a lot of a, a really solid move set that is very specific to her. Uh, she's got the attitude. You, you know, you can't top that. It works as a face or a heel. Um, so, yeah. Definitely, uh, no shortage. Of one of my matches. favorite main roster, uh, one of my favorite main roster moments of hers was when she defeated Charlotte in the Falls Count Anywhere match, and she did it right in the crowd uh, over the guardrail. Yeah, yeah, the bank yeah. statement over the guardrail. Yeah, that was fantastic. I was like, it was so awesome because right there, winning with the fans, everybody's popping right around you, like legitimately getting goosebumps right now. I swear to yeah, God, thinking about them. That was I'm awesome. Like, that was a good. That moment, was dude. that was it's one of the last times I really. Yeah, liked that her. was probably <laughs> the the highest moment of their feud right there. Oh, so cool! But that's the thing; it was a hot potato with the title, yeah. and, it, and it, you know, I I would have liked to seen her and Bailey keep the tag titles in the beginning as long as the. Longer than they did, but I think it all played out for the better. Yep. Number nine. Man, we want to talk about someone that was misplaced on a time, man. We're only by a couple of years. AJ Lee. She was beyond her time with the people that she was given in the WWE locker room. Just go to her bombshell promo. You know, it's you have CM Punk as the pipe bomb. Well, she was the bombshell promo. And... When she's literally undressing everybody on on the on the mic, telling them, you know, you, you guys couldn't even walk in my Chuck Taylors. How funny is that <laughs> in the shoe? Um, you know, she's mentioning how everybody's all dealing with this stuff on on Total Divas, this and that. My favorite one is we found out Tyson Kidd isn't much of a man. The Bellas are dealing with their obvious daddy issues. Fuck, dude, she was on fire that night. But only one woman in that time that would really be able to rival her was Natty. Other than that, she had nothing to work with, man. Again, if she had just been a couple of years later, look, the matches she could have put on with everybody would have been outstanding. But I think without her, you don't have the women's uh, evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it. 
without her calling all those women out and being like, you guys call yourself divas? I'm a women's champion. The reason I'm here is because I am a wrestler. I am this sport. And she's like, and you guys walk around and get a payday because you think you look good? I really feel like after that promo, women's wrestling changed. All for the better. It's an interesting theory. I really did. Look at it, Ram. Right after that, wasn't too long after that. They're like, you're doing your, you're right. doing your Charlie from uh, Sunny. <laughs> In which way? The meme. We're talking about bird the law? meme, where all the <laughs> he's pointing at the, the the board with all the the strings connecting Good. each other. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you like, when you were like you doing a Charlie. I was like gonna fly a big truck and kick a little ass and ride. All right, coming in at number eight. I was gonna try and do something in her language, but I I fuck it up every oh, time. No, you know you Just do that on purpose. You you you've done Oscar voice several times. It's kind of because yeah, and you always sound like like you're trying to make fun of Mexicans or something. Wow. Well, I'm just wow. saying, bro. That's what it sounds like you're doing. <laughs> I apologize to anybody who feels like they want to hang up on this podcast right now. Hang sure. up? Please what don't. is it, a party line hang from up. 1989? Ma Bell? If you get disconnected, <laughs> just, just dial each one of the numbers by going... Who's ready for Oscar? Man, all right. Pushed to the moon on NXT was phenomenal on there. And then... I don't know. Her first year in WWE, I think that, I don't know, it was kind of like a trial by fire, and they're like, how much shit can we put her through? And finally, though, became the, I really feel like the moment that she won the NXT, or no, I'm sorry, the moment that she won the the Women's Championship in that three-way TLC match, she separated herself. Yeah, you and uh, Becky and Charlotte, you guys keep doing your fight. I'm finally the champion. And from there, she really was treated like a star and a champion, the heel turn was amazing. It, her just being, you know, heel with the green. Just pulling up, just pulling a Muda out of nowhere. Yeah, and it was amazing. And you get to see a different side of her, a more fierce side, both in the ring and, you know, on the mic. I'm a very big fan of where they're going with her right now. However, I'm always skeptical because it is WWE. Still the champion, though, right now, so you really can't go wrong with that. Uh, I mean, who's ready for Asuka? Let's say this. Coming into WrestleMania, I really think Bianca is going to go after Sasha. God, I really think we're going to see Charlotte and Asuka. I, 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 wait, no. Bianca and Sasha are going to face each other, and I think Asuka is going to be Charlotte Flair. And I think finally Asuka is going to beat Charlotte on the main stage. That'd be cool. She should get that win back. That's why I'm saying is it, it's kind of like your maybe your Austin and Rock of the female division at WrestleMania is maybe they need to trade a couple of WrestleMania wins. I be it's an yeah, idea. No, I'm down with that. Number seven, Gail Kim. If she stayed in WWE, she would have never been anything. She would have been another diva just getting in her underwear. Um, but she eliminated herself from a battle royal one night and said, "Deuces." And went over to TNA and became a women's wrestler. And she, I mean, they were, you know, they weren't 
known as women there, kind of like the Divas. They were knockout champions because she was a knockout. <laughs> but they they did give her the opportunity there to wrestle, and she fought everyone from your ODBs to uh, Awesome Kong to Madison Rain and the Beautiful People and multiple-time women's champion. I think she's also in their Hall of Fame. I'm not really sure how credible that Hall of Fame is. Again, season three, ours. Uh, Gail Kim, just a tremendous wrestler. Um, I think she was the original revolution, at least beginning in TNA. She made people look at, at her and go, no, women can wrestle. We don't have to just sit here and parade around the, the way that WWE portrays. She was one of the very first that really stood out uh, before anybody else did in WWE, including the Beth Phoenixes and, and all those other wrestlers. Number six. I believe we talked about her last week. Indeed we did. Indeed we did. Jacqueline. Miss Jackie, I mean, she, a trendsetter for females. I mean, she was strong, a fast wrestler. She could work with men or women, and they they proved that in the Attitude Era. Even in a comedic act or serious act, she was there, man. And, I mean, she could lift up anybody and bench press them over her head, Ultimate ultimate warrior style. Uh, But she was also a manager. A great mouthpiece. I mean, she worked with anybody from Mark Miro uh, to Goldust to everybody. I mean, she she was an awesome, I, I, one of the biggest people, I think, to also fight off with the one from Right to Censor, Ivory. Uh, no, not Ivory. Uh, yes, that's what I was thinking of, Ivory. One of my favorites that I think doesn't get enough credit. We talked about her a lot last week, so not much more we really need to uh, touch base on with her. Number five, the ninth wonder of the world, original DX member, China. <sighs> Sad story. It yeah. is. Um, because she was presented as just a fucking monster. She could beat up every guy on the roster at the time and even went face-to-face with Kane. You know what I mean? Like, chin-to-chin, and it was so awesome to see because you're like, Fuck, I think that's the one that's going to stop Kane. Holy shit. <laughs> to the point that they had to go off air and lower the choke slam rather than him giving her the choke slam. I thought that was a great way to go off Raw because they want to make both look strong at the time. First men's Intercontinental Champion. That says a lot, too. Um, you know, first Royal Rumble entrant as a woman. But besides that, I mean, China really was... a. a not just a, a benchmark for women down the road, but, I mean, she someone that turned her act around, if you will, looking like a manager or just a uh, bodyguard, right, to Triple H, becoming a, a genuine star that all the women that nowadays will tell you, China's one I was looking up to, man. China was, I mean, she was a trendsetter. She was showing that she can go in there in a men's sport and really shine and she did man china was awesome problem is she legitimately was screwed over in real life with triple h and stephanie with that whole backstage shit going on and you know she didn't realize that they were having a real relationship down the road turns into doing stuff with like vh1 shows and porn um to an unfortunate overdose and I'm sad. I was always sad every time I saw a video of her. I was like, "Fuck! I didn't want to see anything like of her like this because she was just too awesome 
in an era like in the attitude era we we talk about you know like how much shitty stuff was out there she was one of the very best parts of the entire attitude era bar none yeah absolutely i mean you said it i it's it's uh, along with some of the others uh, on this list attitude era was very uh, devoid of actual female wrestling talent right um and China was, even as the silent valet to DX in the beginning, she got involved in almost every match and just would wreck people. And, you know, you know, sometimes you'd be like, wait, wait, you can't go after her. And no, no, you can go after her. Fuck that. No, she'll she'll probably kick your ass. So, um, and it just went from there. Uh, you're right. It's like a lot on this list uh, there when they were relevant in the WWE or whatever promotion they were in, uh, it was just the wrong era. Uh, China today would be, again, you know, we've said this with a couple of other earlier in this list, China would be world champion today. I mean, that, there's no doubt. That, there's no doubt about her, it. Can you imagine her and, like, Shayna Baszler? You know what I mean? Like the Exactly. Today. Absolutely. Oh. And, you know, and, and, you know, you can make the argument that China – you know, as an in-ring worker wasn't necessarily the best, and, you know, so be it. But um, that could have changed over in Didn't time. Didn't need to be in that era. Every match was four Well, that, that's true. But on top of that, uh, you know, I don't think they ever really gave her that opportunity because, you know, they viewed her as what she was uh, or what they viewed her as. So, but, yeah, I, there, there's no... There's, At least she was a women's champion. She sure, was not a diva's champion. absolutely. And there's no debuting at it. Who did she beat? <laughs> uh, was it... Was it Ivory? Was it that one SummerSlam for the women's title? Or were, was it... Uh, uh, it was a WrestleMania where she beat Ivory. Or Tori. And, and I think Tori was the SummerSlam. Okay, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, given a different time, it, it, she'd be on top of the world. She'd be, she'd, she'd be the man, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. She, she, oh, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you mean. That character, yep. that, that, like, that persona that was china because she didn't have to oh, and the thing is so she well. didn't need holy and she shit. didn't need to say a lot she doesn't even need to say a lot no. and if she had Heyman as the mouthpiece holy crap i still remember the very first time she talked on raw it was funny because dx was getting ready to split and they're like we're gonna have a dx split tonight and then they're like well we're gonna give them a real split and right as they go to show their asses she goes, hang a, hang on a second, guys. Oh yeah, Don't you think these people are sick and tired of your asses, your asses yeah. every week? <laughs> and, and then Billy Gunn, you see his hand go up and down like she talks, like like mimicking, like you know what I mean, like yeah. a puppet duck kind of thing in the light. He goes, she talks, and she goes, if anybody's gonna do a DX split, it's gonna be me. And then she pulls her pants down. And I'm like, she's fucking awesome. She's epic. Like they got us all. <laughs> and she would break character every once in a while, right? Because she always always was straight faced. But, uh, you know, Sean or, or, or Triple H would do something, and you'd see her, like, start to laugh, and then she'd pull it back real yep. quick. Because, uh, yeah. The Eddie Guerrero thing gave her a soft side. Not only oh, did yeah. it show him as a comedic actor or a guy that could really play characters, it showed that, oh, man, she actually has a soft side. Oh, okay, it's kind of cool. Like, I, 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 man, there's not enough I could say about her. I, I'm a huge fan of hers. And a Rochester native, by the way. Number four, Karma in WWE. But as we all know her, 
She's either Amazing Kong or Awesome Kong. Talked, awesome Kong from TNA. Talked about her last week, and too. That's absolutely right. Uh, it's funny how she's come into many promotions, and her biggest one, of course, was TNA, and she ran through everybody there. The biggest uh, nemesis, if you will, to Gail Kim. I mean, Gail couldn't beat her for the title, which was so awesome. I mean, it took her a long time to finally beat her. Uh, and just bad timing, good or bad timing. I don't mean the shit on that. I mean, she became pregnant. Um, but just bad timing because she really, just coming into WWE, it was the right time that like CM Punk had just already had his pipe bomb and he was the champion at this Royal Rumble. When she came in at that one Royal Rumble, oh my God, and everybody went ape shit. I wanted her to be a, a, a big thing, but unfortunately it just wasn't to happen. And she pops up in AEW, and we all went nuts. Right. And then nothing. That was it. But either way, you can't deny her ability, her in-ring work. Fucking monster, man. And a believable one at that. And can move. I mean, she's like a female Vader. You know, one that can move fast in the ring, but also be a powerhouse and lift you. Here we are, our top three. Yeah, I mentioned a little while ago. Uh, Bull Nakato having a, a, a lot yeah. of matches against our main three. Yeah. Um, obviously not our number one, but our our three and two, absolutely. Yeah. No. I, honestly, number three, I was almost uh, thinking was going to be number two, but I understand. I have no no objections. But yeah, I actually had, believe it or not, like two hours ago, she was number two. But the more research I actually put into it, and I'll explain why. Um, number three, Aja Kong. Anybody who's ever followed women's wrestling, if you actually got outside of WWE, you know she is one of the biggest heel women's wrestlers of all time. Um, you know, all Japan women. Uh, she put on many, many five-star classic matches before even Undertaker had a five-star classic. I want to put that out there for you guys. Yep. Um, founder of the... Arison, uh, all women's wrestling company. Um, I mean, she just, just you want to talk about monsters? This one was it a stiff worker, uh, kind of remind you like a female Stan Hansen in the ring, and was the absolute perfect nemesis to our number two, which is uh, Minami Toyota. Now, why does Toyota take number two. It's because she has been regarded because she's had several five-star classic matches with Aja Kong and many other people like Hamada and Nakato. She fought for the title for a long time. It was that underdog that took forever to get there because she's kind of like the size of like Io Shirai, just longer hair. You know what I mean? Like just a smaller person of stature uh, could take a lot of bumps, great matches, but is regarded as one of the very best wrestlers of all time. Doesn't even matter about your gender. It's real. Multiple sites tell you that, which I think is just awesome. That's why she took number two, as opposed to number three. So do you kind of see why I went? With oh that yeah, there? no, absolutely. It's yeah, I got it. Everybody loves an underdog, and in Japan, they believe in that wrestling. They don't like when you do heelish shit. They boo you for doing heelish shit. She was your true face underdog going for the title. So, I mean, that's I'm not saying it's your John Cena in the women's division of Japan, but in a way, kind of. 
Number one, you and I talked about this in, in a couple of times as to who would really be number one. And I think there's really no dispute. You want to talk about a woman that if you put her in any era would have been able to go against any woman in any era. And we talk about the fluency of the ring. We talk about good on the mic. We talk about someone who is a ring technician, good with submissions, uh, can take some hard bumps. There's really no one better than the queen, Charlotte Flair. People think, oh, she's been just handed the title way too many times because they're trying to make it look like her father. Nah, man, I don't think anybody else can really carry the title the way that she can in the company. Absolutely. She really is a phenomenal wrestler. She is great. I mean, she she's a pro. We talked about Sherry Martell earlier being a pro. Charlotte is your pro. Charlotte is a fantastic wrestler. I want to see her in a, in a, a match against a men's uh, a, a guy in a men's match. You know what I mean? Like kind of like how they did Tessa Blanchard against Sammy Callahan. Bet you Charlotte would have put on a much better match than Tessa did. That's the match I actually really want to see is Tessa Blanchard versus Charlotte Flair. Right. I think that would. That's kind of like my all-time dream match. Well, I mean, you know, we had, really we had is... Ripley versus Flair, and that was a fantastic match. Yeah. You know? It, it, man, really, there's anybody that you put her against, she has not had a bad match. And if there's anything that's gone wrong, I don't think it was necessarily on her timing. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been Rousey's fault or someone else. Man, I'll tell you, that was an awesome thing, too, to see her and Rousey at Survivor Series. I was like, ugh, this is what we're going to get instead of Becky Lynch. All right. And they fucking tore the house down. And Charlotte showed you a complete di- different vicious side. Bringing out the kendo stick. Then you had them in the triple threat, and they're all kicking out cop cars. Oh, that was She showed you she's yeah. more than just a wrestler, man. She's an awesome character. Yeah, she can do it all. She's she is the best. There is no doubt. You know, Tessa Blanchard didn't make the list at all. No, I, and I'm just realizing that right now. <laughs> oh, we're going strong. It's funny you bring it up. <laughs> and in our honorable mentions, Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> Charlotte Flair's awesome. Jesus. Can't top her. Sorry. Whatever. You forgot Jay Lee. Yeah, I know, bro. I know. Don't bring it up. He has a better winning streak or been a, the, would, a title reign the, than Samoa Joe. He would have been in the top ten. Yeah. So would Tessa. There you go. All right. Tessa was number We're ten. Done. Whoever was ten, I don't know. We're done. <laughs> Fuck it. We're it's in done. the can. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it was a great episode. And guess what, man? Only one more left. We're coming back at you next week. It is not only the top 50 Canadian wrestlers of all time. It is our season finale and movie quote off. How things are going to work, we decided is uh, you got to subtly get quotes in there, but we we put a limit at it. If you do not get a minimum, we're not going to say someone has to be a winner or a loser of the quote off necessarily, but. You can be a loser if you don't get a minimum of 10 quotes somehow into the episode next week. And if you don't, since it's our season two finale, you have to shotgun two beers back to back. If puke happens after, it's puking and all. And then we're going to post it to our Facebook. So you better get your homework done, buddy, because next week, come with 10 quotes, you got to shoot some beers. Boy, 
I sound like someone who's had a beer in my life. Couple beers here and there. <laughs> Couple two tree of them. I'm actually trying to not drink beer because it's kind of a calorie filler, especially when I'm trying to do DDP <laughs> yoga. So I'm not really sure that I really want to lose. So I really have to make sure I don't lose next week. It's not like again, it's not even like you're facing yourself. You lose against yourself if you don't get ten quotes in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I can't wait. I'm bringing it. I'm excited for next week, man, because Canadian wrestlers, man, that's another list that took a long time because I had honestly like 117 Canadian wrestlers overall. That's all? There's so many of them, and I'm excited for next week. Honorable mention, we'll have at least 47, and then, (laughs) I'm just kidding, we're going to bring you our top 50 and probably a couple of honorable mention, the movie quote off, and then also maybe a couple of ideas about what's going to happen for season three. I thank you all so much for listening to us. Whether you are listening to us on, uh, well, that would be, uh, let's see, Google Play Music, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, we appreciate it. Subscribe. Uh, subscribe. Subscribe. That's our newest thing. When I want you to subscribe, like, and share, I want you to subscribe. I want you to subscribe us. We hope you had a great time today. I definitely did. ODM, I mean, you're you're quite a rock and roller, right? I hear that. Still am quite a rock and roller. Thanks for mentioning that. Without uh, further objections, I'd like to sing my song that I've just been working on uh, to Mr. Professor. Would that be all right? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. It's called Mr. Professor, Mr. Professor. You're a great champ, but you were slipping. I'm going to open a case of blood whipping, but whipping, but whipping. Professor, Mr. Professor.